gentlemen, welcome to episode 122 of the Finger Guns podcast. How are you doing? My name is Roscoe. I am joined this week by Miles Thompson. Hello, Roscoe. Hello, mate. Wow, you sound great. I uh, know. It's amazing what you can do when you figure out how to work a USB. My life has been changed. <laughs> yeah, I can actually like, you know, put the USB in properly like you're supposed to. Wow, good for you, man. Well done. Thank you. I've learned a lot today. You know, God. I really feel like I've grown as a person. You won the quiz last week. You got the first ever platinum on broom racing. Oh, mate. You're winning at life right now. I am crushing it right now. Welcome to Bill House. <laughs> <laughs> Love and life. How's it going? All good. Thank you. Um, yeah, been a busy kind of week or so. Uh, handed in another assignment uh, on Saturday night, I think it was. So it's nice to have had a couple of evenings of not thinking about work. Um, but yeah, so keeping busy. Sweet. Good stuff, man. And returning to the podcast, it's Kat. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I've missed you. I've missed you too. How has it been the last two weeks? Yeah, it's been wild. It's been really, really good. I've had a couple of days off, tried to book a speedboat. It didn't happen. But next year, I'm getting on that bloody speedboat, I tell you. Okay. Um, That's the most the random thing I... I yeah. could have ever thought you were going to say then. Yeah, I know. Went to Wales and they were like, we do speedboats. And I was like, you know what? Fine. Yes, we'll take one. They were like, no, you won't. And I'm like, okay, never mind. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I had a great, great couple of days away. Um, also handed in a pretty hefty report for work, 4,000 words long. And yeah, so now I'm back to just sitting on my sofa and chocolate, drinking coffee and gaming. So good times. The way I'll finally clean my house as well. Finally cleaned my hey. house. He's going on Friday. See you later. Give me back my deposit, please. The last time you were on the pod, you, you were in the middle of moving. So is that all uh, you done now? Is it? Yes, mostly squared away. I just need to give back the keys and they need to do the inspection and tell me that I have, tell me that Miles fucked up my walls um, and they can notice it. <laughs> um, hey. But other than that. Oh, is yeah. he as good with walls as he is with USB cables? Oh, come on. Well, <laughs> I did a good deed the... helping you and now this is what I get. I got my sofa, but, you know, in exchange, I had to replaster and repaint the whole wall because oh, the, the, the dent was like, you know, goes to Toshima, put a sword through the You know when board. she says replaster, she means she just used the filler thing. She didn't actually replace yeah. hey, the whole hey, wall. Hey, 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 hey. Stay, hey. Out, stay out of this. Thank you. Thank Fine, you. Fine, I'll leave. And actually, to be fair, I didn't even refill it. My um, my mum did. <laughs> because she didn't trust me. Um, and so my very good friend Jess also repainted it because my mum didn't trust me again. She was like, you'll get it all over the carpet. So um, big up oh. to... to mums are the best, aren't they, really? But there's yeah. A, there's a mum joke in there somewhere about filling stuff. But I'm not going to go there, Kat, because I'm a, <laughs> oh I'm a gentleman. God. Yes. Please don't talk about my mom like that. that I won't. And, uh, and rounding off the podcast, Mr. Sean Davies. What up? How's it going, Captain? Very well, thank you. I tried to book a monster truck, but I couldn't for whatever uh, reason. Ah, oh, darn. It's just, just terrible. Isn't it? I went to Denmark and they said, we do monster trucks. <laughs> and I tried to book one and they just couldn't. Just, you know. Just as, it's just as outlandish as cat wow, story. Sorry. I know. Mm. <laughs> Too new, eh? When you try and book these things and it doesn't happen. Fucking Denmark and the monster truck. Fucking Envy. Denmark. <laughs> anyway, I'm very well. I'm uh, okay. I've had a very weird week. It's been my kid's first day at school today and uh, I was not prepared. And uh, yeah, as you can hear, the house is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> a bit emotional today, was it? Uh, a bit emotional, uh, a bit crazy. Um, and uh, still going, as you can hear. So, yeah, non-stop in the Davies household. As ever. As ever. The Davies house never sleeps. 
No, it doesn't. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Thanks, man. Um, I've had a very weird week in lots of different ways, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. And uh, I've had a nice week of gaming, uh, which we'll get into shortly. And so, yeah, looking forward to the pod tonight. This one's going to be fun, I think. I think we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should we get started with our game of the week? And uh, Miles, you can come back now if you want. Oh, am I invited? Am I allowed yeah, back Yeah, go on, again? go on. <laughs> Why not? I've been quite busy playing quite a few games this week. Um, it's been quite nice. Um, but I'm going to go for the medium. You're welcome. My game. Yes, you did me an absolute solid, my friend. Um, so I'm going to go for the medium <laughs> because it was the pick of the bunch that I've had um, in terms of my preference of games. Um, so it's finally released on PlayStation 5. And I went into it kind of, I kind of thought it was like a traditional horror game because um, I know Blue Team did Layers of Fear and I kind of expected another game at just like that. But it isn't really. Um, it's much less about the kind of the scares. There's a couple of jump scares in it, but it's much less about, you know, on the edge of your seat, kind of shit in your pants kind of horror. It's much more about psychological depravity i guess is the best way of kind of describing it where it's a lot about there's a lot of kind of really dark themes and some kind of subjects and topics that came up during the game that i just didn't expect or didn't know were going to be part of the story and i actually really enjoyed that part of it of how it kind of delves right into the depths of some really screwed up stuff um and it handles it pretty well um a lot of games can sometimes get those kind of themes wrong when they talk about things i'm not going to go into any kind of spoilers but it's you know there's stuff about kind of trauma and all sorts of bits and pieces in there um and yeah a lot of games don't always get this quite right but i feel like the medium actually does it really really well and as the story kind of unfolds your perspective of characters and your empathy with them shifts quite a lot and i really like that it's very rare that a game story actually surprises me or makes it where whatever i guess doesn't happen um and I really like the way it handled its narrative. So that was cool. Um, it's got a cool mechanic where you can be both in the spiritual world and in the real world at the same time, um, which acts as the game's kind of exploration and puzzle um, kind of setup, I guess, because you have to, you know, you might be able to traverse a room in the real world, but in the spiritual world, there might be something blocking you. So you have to kind of move between the two worlds, pick up items, solve kind of rudimentary puzzles, that kind of stuff. The gameplay side of it's not incredible, but for the story and the narrative, it all serves that purpose and the atmosphere it creates and the kind of settings and the music as well is brilliant. And yeah, I would just highly recommend it. I think it's an absolutely brilliant game. I really enjoyed it. It's not the best gameplay wise, but it's well worth experiencing for yourself if you're into anything psychological or horror. Give it a go. Hmm, interesting. I know uh, a friend of mine, a, um, a girl friend of mine uh, played the game and she was quite disappointed with how it handled certain themes. Is there hmm. is there something in there where you would see why certain aspects would be controversial? Yes, absolutely. So it goes, it's not afraid to shy away from tackling things that people will find uncomfortable. And some of it is a little bit on the nose. It's a little bit blunt. And I think it does it purposely. Um, but that does mean that for some people that will be less kind of, I guess, um, I can't find the right word, but kind of like accepting because there are parts that can come across a little bit too upfront, I guess. And I think for some people that understandably will create a sense of actually, have you done that right? Or should you have done it that way? For me personally, I thought most of it was pretty well handled, um, but there are a couple of bits in there. I was like, oh, that's a bit heavy handed. You could have gone a bit easier there. Or there are things that are kind of um, could have been more subtly alluded to or hinted at without it being directly done. Um, but I think it doesn't show anything 
or it didn't show anything from my perspective that I thought was too much. I never kind of was in the game and thought, oh my God, you know, why have they put that in there? That's just, you know, too far. But I can see it is kind of, it does tread a very thin line. And I think for some people it will go over that line and it won't feel comfortable and quite understandably so. Um, but for other people like myself, I think it might be just about, you know, strays onto the right side of that line. But yeah, it's going to be quite a subjective thing. But it yeah, just go into it knowing that it tackles some dark stuff and that you're not going to come out of this game feeling good. <laughs> um, it is about, you know, delving into some pretty difficult subjects, I think. But yeah, I found it really interesting to play. Okay, interesting. Um, I did mention the fact that my friend was a girl. There was a reason, but I totally forgot to mention why. It doesn't matter anymore. But yeah, I didn't just say that. Was like a girl friend of mine is weird, isn't it? Uh, no. You don't know her. She goes to a different school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't worry about her. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Interesting. Uh, Kat, your game of the week or two weeks? <laughs> so my game of the week is uh, Curious Expedition 2. Um, so initially kind of slagged this off when I looked at it um admittedly I was like yeah I'll take it um because um yeah god just got, got some time <laughs> um but um actually I kind of enjoyed it I didn't absolutely love it it's not something I'm going to absolutely rave about but it's not something that's an awful game either um what it's trying to do and what it is it does quite well it's very much like a I can the only way that I can kind of describe it is it's very much like level one D&D so um, it's kind of like a top-down turn-based uh, narrative game. If you think about like the, the cover of Settlers of Catan, where it's got like all the little hexagons, it's kind of like that in a map. So it has like this map, this top-down kind of island that you can see and um, you take turns into. So essentially you have to explore the island. You have a mission. Your mission might be find the pyramids or it might be gather the jewels or it might be, you know, make friends with the, the kind of natives, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you start the island, you kind of set style, you have to get all your resources. Now you have to choose your resources before you get on the island and you have no idea what you're about to face. Um, you can choose your crew. So um, you might choose like a, a healer, but then of course, you know, in battle, at all that's not great if the, your main person's healer but um they they could be good for kind of keeping your team alive uh, during the kind of tough bits it can be like a thief or a barterer so someone who's able to get the resource a little bit better um or you can just go for straight up you know a kind of jack of all trades good at attacking good at kind of everything um and yeah you can set some of this island you get to choose your crew as well you get to kind of um recruit who you like really um out of like a little selection i recruited a dog because you can so why not um absolutely, absolutely yeah day one um so, <laughs> um so me and my dog went went to an island and we explored it uh, and the way that you explore it is uh kind of so every so you have 100 sanity when you start or more if your um team allows it because you have stats per team stats per character and um you have certain dice as well the dice will kind of i guess they're between kind of healing um not stealth but like shielding and um kind of protection and vulnerability and all those kind of traits that you can get and then it, you know just straight up attacking um and so you know whatever skill set you want to go for is going to help you or hinder you in, in battle um and as you explore the island you'll lose sanity so every move that you do so if you kind of think about it like a grid um like an invisible grid on an island if you move four spaces that's four sanity out of a hundred and you eventually essentially have to explore the whole island. Well, if you want to, but if you don't know where the pyramids are and you have to explore the pyramids, then, then you have to get there. Um, and there's loads of different terrains as well. So it's not just as easy as kind of going from A to B. Um, actually, there's going to be things that you kind of encounter on the way that are going to either 
kind of slow you down take your sanity or um they're going to battle you or they're going to hurt you in some sort of way you can kind of get reputation on the island called standing and that'll allow you to either get the key to the pyramids which is really helpful or they'll attack you or um you know follow you around and it, yeah uh, the first kind of island I went to I got like proper stomped on by an element by an elephant and I was like this is shit <laughs> I was like, what is it? I'm coming to this island getting stomped on by an elephant. Um, but no, it was good. Uh, there, were, there were kind of elements where it kind of was like, it looks like a really easy fight. Your stats are all in the right kind of way. Your dice are looking good. And then the RNG. RNG just was not on my side. And uh, yeah, so there's elements to that to it as well. Um, you can go to a cave. You have to roll to be able to explore the cave. Or you roll to be able to kind of not get hurt in the cave. And then you roll and it's like, you failed. You've broken your leg and now you're bleeding out for the rest of the turn. Like, and then you're kind of walking around hoping that someone can heal you. You're begging someone to heal you. Or you're begging not to run into the elephant that stomped on me. Um, but yeah, so it was fun. It's definitely more board game than it is game. But I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. It can get a bit like let's say me I guess the expeditions are kind of about 45 minutes long and there's loads of them with different islands and different environments so you can get like plant needles and you can get like um smog and you can get like clay that you'll like walk into and that'll like slow you down and you have to sleep forever you can get drunk on the island because why not and then you have to like you get to move six spaces randomly that's just it's a, it's a game of a lot of depth that you don't really expect for the kind of graphics that it's got because it kind of looks like where's Wally um yeah that was that was my game and yeah enjoyed it It would be something that I definitely would play in a car that would be kind of if I had like time and space and I was like you know what for a bit of time it'd be good if they had like a multiplayer element to it because that'd be I think that'd be fun but um yeah it's fun when the game turns out to be quite good that you're not expecting anything from yeah I wasn't expecting anything really I was expecting to kind of pick up and be like this is painful and um, it was painful when I got stomped on by the elephant, but sure. you know I yeah. persevered. I persevered, and uh, the elephant was not my friend after a while because I killed it. So, <laughs> well, thanks for murdering elephants. I guess that's, that's a okay. good thing. Yeah, great. I love that game. <laughs> I, I, I... Did I do it justice? Did I? Did I? I knew. I knew you loved it, so I didn't want to completely shit on it, but I did. No, I, I want to give it its positives. I haven't been able to read your review yet, so I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, <laughs> um, let me know if I'm fired or not. <laughs> I, just, I just, I just loved that game because, like, the first time, three times I played it, I bounced right off it and was like, I fucking hate this game. It's yeah, terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. And and then eventually it clicked and I ended up with a crew made out out of a dog, a lizard man, and a dinosaur. And then this human, like, just as, as stereotypical explorer as you could. And I was like, there's no way. This is like, this is a Disney movie waiting to happen. This is a lizard man, a dinosaur, and a dog going on an adventure together. And it was just, it worked. I managed to, like, you know, do a lot of adventures with them. And it was... Uh, yeah, it's fun when you get into it. It is really fun. I got the dog, and then I had, like, this birdie hyena type thing. I didn't do the dinosaur, because then I'd have to get rid of, like, <laughs> the drunk one. The drunk whatever and I, I liked him so I kept yeah. him <laughs> uh, so but yeah it is it's good fun it's just a bit like but say me after a while but and, it is I, good I just really liked how you had to kind of lean into the fact that you're gonna have to go insane on these journeys yeah um, like it is you're up against it already before you start yeah and it, like the sanity runs out so fast yes. that the amount of times that I've been like I've, I've, this is in the bag like I've got the best crew ever I've loaded with supplies and then the next thing you know, like one of my people has turned into a cannibal and another one. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> that, uh, 
that was my best warrior. He's just a, a snack for his mates. What the? And the thing is, as well, like you can try and rest. You think you're being really smart because you're like, yes, I found a lagoon to rest at. And then you go to sleep, and then in the middle of the night, they're like, oh, your nemesis paid me off, and now you have to pay me. Otherwise, I'm going to traitor you. And I was just like, you fucking bitch. All I'm trying to do is sleep, and you're just, you know, <laughs> yeah. giving me giving me some ultimatum. And I rolled and I lost her, and I was like, well, here I go then. <laughs> just one man down. Um. It, yeah. it is hardcore, but I mean, but when it clicks, when it clicks, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's just really hard to get into. Yeah, I, when I was stopped on by the elephant, I was like, I'm done. I don't care. Well, <laughs> but I well did first of it. Persevering, well done, because, you know, it's just one of those games where I think you just really need to keep trying. I think that's before. the same for, like, don't starve as well. Like, it reminded me of that. Like, when you, yeah. on the surface, it doesn't look like much, but actually when you get into it, there was quite a lot there. Yeah, you've got to get over a really difficult 15 to 20 minute period. Once yeah. that's over... You're like, you're yeah, okay. cool. Yeah, I got this. I got this in the bag. <laughs> like it. Well done. Binaries is that game for me. It's a game that on the surface doesn't look like that. It's just two balls going across the screen. But you've got to control them both with different analog sticks, and it's horrific. But you get there in the end. Uh, Sean, your game of the week. My game of the week um, is WRC10. Now, I would have had a <laughs> review up on the website. Had... PSN not been down on the night I tried to redeem it and had my PS5 not shit the bed. Ah, yes. Um, yeah. Don't use rest mode, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, this is the annual installment of the WRC franchise. It's um, it's still shiny. It's still some of the best use of the DualSense uh, features that you can get on the market. Uh, this year's is it's celebrating the 50th anniversary of like the rally as a sport. So it comes with an anniversary mode and the career mode has been spruced up significantly uh, with some new events and um, some new like dynamics. So it's, it's, there's a bit more of a focus on team management this time around. I mean, all, all of the, all of the same structure is there. So when you open up the mode, you'll go, that's identical to last year's. But the events themselves actually have a, a bit of a more of, of a focus on team play. But do you know how some games try to be too shiny? How we don't need as many rays traced as, as possibly are being traced? Uh, yeah, Watch Dogs Legion comes to mind. Yes, it looks like you're driving on glass when it rains. Yeah. Well, there are some maps in this game where I've completely lost the track and the horizon beyond like the, the light reflecting off the sun against the floor where it, it can't see a thing. Yeah. It is so shiny sometimes. <laughs> like, I understand, like, sometimes when, when it's been raining and it's suddenly very sunny, that the, that the um, like, the road can be very, like, hard to look at mm -hmm. in real life. But I don't want that in a video game. So... Yeah, there's there's some little bits about this game that there's some horrendous screen ripping on the 4K option on s some of the new tracks because they've replicated some of the age-old tracks from like the 1960s and 70s for this anniversary mode. And the screen does not like to portray what's on that screen at any one time. It rips terribly. But if you like rally games and you liked WRC9, which I feel is the pinnacle of the entire series up to this point, then it's a good addition. The anniversary mode's fun. The co-driver mode is returning, um, has returned. And all of the new uh, stuff that's, that should have been added to this calendar year is going to be added in DLC in the future. 
So right now it's it's a good addition. Uh, I just hope they get the time to like the last game got new DLC up until December 2020. So it had a good six months worth of new content added. If they can continue with this one, it will, will once again be a really, really good racing game. I'm just not sure if it's worth it over last year's version, which was, as I said, mm. the pinnacle for me. Oh, interesting. What's your game of the year? My game of Not the year? Me. Yeah. Well, just, just skip, skip week. I want, I want to know you. Sorry, mate. I'm uh, on a day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, my game, well, I'll go for game of the week. How about that? Um, my game of the week is a game called Lake. It's a game that we've been looking forward to for a while here at Finger Guns, and it did not disappoint. I've been playing on my Xbox One S, so there's been very long loading times. I don't know if it's a long loading time or if I'm just spoiled now by the PS5, but it felt like a long, long time. There's dodgy frame rates. It's not technically perfect, but everything pales in comparison uh, when you actually get in the game and you explore the town of Providence Oaks and you explore the story and you get to know your character Meredith, who, you know, comes to Providence Oaks after her big city job and comes to relax in her hometown and becomes a postal worker for two weeks, taking over her dad's job while he's on holiday. And it's it's just lovely. It's just a lovely, lovely game. I don't know how else to describe it, really. It's just pure serenity. There's nothing in the game that will trip you up. It's the easiest game you'll 1,000G this year. Um, I've got 1,000Gs on it. It was lovely. And I can't think of a game this year that I've enjoyed more, to be honest. It's it's not long. I mean, I, I think I, I 1,000G'd it in about seven hours. And I had an absolute blast. It was a really easy, simple, but really lovely, nice experience. The story is fantastic. It's all narrative-driven dialogue choices all the way through. Uh, you meet some fantastic characters. Everyone's written very well and performed very well. Um, I'm going to see if I can try and get an interview with a lady who voiced Meredith soon, hopefully, if my email gets read ever. And uh, going to have a chat to her about it. But it was just a, uh, yeah, it's a really nice experience. It's currently on Xbox One and PC. Uh, doesn't seem like it's got any plans to go anywhere else quite yet. But if you can get hold of it, uh, do so, because it's it's a game that just relaxed my mind. I mean, I've been full of the old anxiety this week, which has been fun. But I would stick on Lake and I would just drive around in my in my uh, my postal van and just r- relax and feel really at ease. And that's exactly what the game is trying to make you do. It's there's no rush for anything. You're not against the clock in any way. You're just running around, posting parcels, posting letters, and getting to know the the characters and the inhabitants of Providence Oaks at the same time. And I highly, highly, highly recommend this game. It's uh, really great. And if the if the technical issues do get ironed out, then yeah, it's it, it's going to be a probably a future indie classic for me. I thought it was really, really great. And my review is up now on Bingians.net which says lots of other nice things about it. So do go check it out. Right then, it's time for the quiz with Mr. Sean Davies. Hi. Hey, man. I'm not, I'm, we... not, I'm not excited about this, to be honest. Miles crushed it last week. I know he was on his own, and that's pathetic that he would claim a, a victory on that. <laughs> but I'm absolutely claiming it. He, he actually did quite well. I don't know. Some of the questions he got like fast. What was the one that you got fa- like fast off? And it was like the open world game. Oh, he thrust uh, three times. Yeah, like, three times. But an open world game, and you were like, I think it might have been Spyro. It was an like open world game in 2017, and you were like Spyro, and I was like, what? 
<laughs> I've been so angry at you. <laughs> I think I just remember the Alien Isolation one. Sean was yeah, like, oh, a horror game that came out yeah, in 2014. And I was like, Alien Isolation. <laughs> I like was cooking and I was like, no, you didn't do that. Mm. <laughs> oh, it was good. We, we, we did not set it up so that he got loads of points. Is it like, it's almost like you commented on the on the and just was like, just do it, just just really really stick it to him. The ones that aren't here today, <laughs> yeah. the podcast, Made the gave him the, the answers chance. before. <laughs> but, but on a few, just get it the second or third time. Just <laughs> yeah, that that's how much we don't believe that you did as well as you did. We're just yeah. coming up with reasons that you were given the answers. No, I just feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Miles. no, Miles! You did really well. Miles was an absolute champion last week, and uh, yes. he, he absolutely nailed this. And it wasn't <laughs> the easiest of quizzes either. I thought that was mm. a reasonably hard one. Mm. Um, so I've made it harder this week oh. because he did so well. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm going to end up getting nothing uh, now. <laughs> uh, there's a general theme to this one, which is like um, underrated gems. I feel like okay. is the best title for this one. So oh, I have Jesus. got ten games. Okay. Each, each one has five facts. I will read them out in order, and uh, if you get it right. Get the guess the game on the first fact, you will get five points, and the last fact, you will get one point. If you, nobody guesses, nobody gets any points. Uh, you each get a guess, and you can buzz for each fact. So, oh. um, okay. but you will be locked out if you get it wrong for that rest of the cat. Just, just remember, cat, don't don't get it wrong and then give it to Ross. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I'm gonna quit forever if Ross does this to me again this week. <laughs> If I you say that like it's my fault, you say the answer out loud, and then I just buzz in with it. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Okay, do you have your buzzers ready? Yes, sir. Yeah. Do I have permission to buzz with my mouth again? Because um, <laughs> what? Because because my Pikachu is like he he's he like pauses first, and I can't find another Pikachu that doesn't. I, I would very much appreciate if you would try to use your phone okay. or whatever buzzer okay. it is. That's but if fine. you end up saying Pika Pika Pika, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll still end up taking it because I can't tell the difference between your voice and the and Japanese voice. <laughs> That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Okay, okay I will try. Okay, I will try the peak peak Ross, what is your buzzer? I'm going to guess cat's peak a peak. Sorry. Amy. Oh God. No. Jesus Look. Christ. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. We're back with this one again. Tried um, and tested. Thank you. Um, and Miles, what, what have you got this week? I'm going to stick with my winning formula from last time. Finish him. I like it. That's another thing about last week. I can't believe you used a buzzer. Which oh, I- no, I liked that. It was hope. It was wholesome. <laughs> no, I had to use the buzzer. I, I demanded it as well, didn't I, Sean? I was like insistent yeah. on it. Here's how tired I was last week. Right, <laughs> Last time we did this quiz, Miles was buzzing and I was still thinking, who was that? Who buzzed? <laughs> yeah, there were a couple with like slight delays, but you were like, Miles? <laughs> Is that Miles' buzzer? Anyway, right. Question one. Fact one. This is an action RPG game originally announced in May 2012. No guesses? Okay. Fact two. This game won Best PC Game, Best RPG, Best of Gamescom, Gamescom's Most Wanted Award, and Best... (laughs) Miles? Skyrim? No. No. It won Best PC Game, Best RPG, Best of Gamescom, Gamescom's Most Wanted Award, and Best PlayStation Game at Gamescom 2020. Uh, uh, Amy! Ross? Dishonored. Incorrect. Well, that's a good shot, though. Okay. 
I have three in my mind and I'm just going to go for all of them. What? No. (laughs) No, eventually. Eventually, I'm going to go for all of them. The first one that I'm going to do is Mass Effect 3. Incorrect. Damn it. Don't dare say Mass Effect 2, Ross. I will cut your head open. (laughs) Wow. Jesus Christ. (laughs) If you're going to guess through Mass Effect 3, 2 and 1, no, 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 no. Just go through each one until you get no. the answer. Okay. Um, question, sorry, fact three. It finally released on consoles and PC in December 2020. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, uh, Amy. Miles. Demon Souls. No. Oh. Wait, no, 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 no. Ross? Uh, uh, Amy. Cyberpunk 2077. Correct. Ah. Oh. <gasps> wow. So it, the, the facts were, this is like telling a story, an action RPG game originally announced in May 2012, won a ton of awards at Gamescom 2020, oh. released in 2020. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> features oh, yes. protagonist whose name is just a single letter and also stars Keanu Reeves. That underrated gem, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> That's what the reveal. Yeah. Like, oh. That's why I went for Mass Effect. I was like, oh. Mass Effect isn't... old gem in 2020. So I was Fair like, enough. maybe it's like remastered. Okay, game two. This is an action adventure platformer that was released in 2008. Okay. Fact two. The game's plot was written by Rihanna Pratchett. Oh. No. no, no. Fact three. The game was developed by Dice and published by EA. Cat. Mirror's Edge. Correct. Oh, nice. nice one. Nice one. So the other two facts were going to be the lead character's name is Faith Connors. And fact, the last fact was parkour plays a central part of the game's traversal. Parkour, parkour. Absolutely love that game. Parkour, parkour. Um, okay. Game three. It is an open world action adventure game released in 2009. Now this one is obscure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, Miles. The Saboteur? Are you fucking kidding? No. Correct. Oh, oh my god, yes! <laughs> Get fucked. Oh my god. Uh, the other facts were this game received some controversial DLC called The Midnight Show. Fact three was it was the glass game to be made by Pandemic Studios before they were, were shut down. Uh, fact four was the lead character is called Sean Devlin. And fact five was the game was set during World War II in Germany occupied France. Fucking hell, Miles. Why don't you just like. <laughs> oh, way, Miles. I'm super that, proud of that one. I'm not going to lie. That was insane. Sorry. It's Greg here. It's Greg in the room with you. What's going on? <laughs> that, that game. Sorry. The only reason I know that is because I had to spend like dozens of hours grinding out to get the platinum for that because oh, I had don't... hundreds of collectibles. Don't start me on that. I had two towers left to get. In the entire game, my PS3 was stolen from my house. My cloud storage, my cloud storage was fucking full, so I had no backup, and I lost literally hundreds of hours on that game. Anyway, sore subject. (laughs) Guy who burgled my house. Anyway, (laughs) uh, game four. It is a 2D puzzle adventure game released in 2014 by Ubisoft. Um, Cat? This is a complete guess and it's probably too early, but The Witness? 
No. Um, <laughs> Miles. Valiant Hearts. Oh, fuck off. That is insane. What? Yes. <laughs> I'm crushing it. I quit this quiz. That is insane. That is insane. Okay. The second factor is going to be one of the, la- the last few games to be released from Ubisoft Montpellier before they were shut. Uh, fact three was the, the, it was the last game to use the UbiArts engine. Fact four was going to be the game is predominantly inspired by the LucasArts adventure game classics. And fact five was the game was set during World War One. All right, let's move on. Yeah, cool. Good for Miles. <laughs> All the bitterness. Question five. Uh, an action-adventure game uh, with real-time strategic game elements. Fact two. It was published by EA in 2009. Finish him. Miles. If, this, if I get this one, I'm actually just going to quit. Is it Stormrise? It's not Stormrise. Oh, okay. All right. Anyone else want to have a guess? Mm, no. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Fact three. The game begins with a music gig for a band called Cabbage Boy. Finish him. Miles. Brutal Legend? Correct. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. The other two facts are going to be the lead character is called Eddie Riggs. And the last fact was the game features vocal performances from Jack Black, Tim Curry, and Lemmy Kilmister. Tails! <laughs> Okay, game six. Um, it is an action-adventure game released in 2006 in America and Japan and was released in 2007 in Europe. No guesses? Okay. Fact two. It shared a launch date in America and Japan with Legends of Zelda Twilight Princess. Uh, uh, Amy! Ross. Uh, Red Steel? No. Mm. Good guess, then. Uh, Fact three. was named the least commercial successful winner of a Game of the Year awards in the 2010 version of the Guinness World Records. What a record to have. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Really random there. <laughs> what a ringing indictment that is. <laughs> no guesses? Okay. Fact four. The HD version of the game was ported to the PC, PS4, and Xbox One in 2017. Finish him. Miles. Rogue Trooper. No. (laughs) (laughs) That isn't a bad guess either, around about the same time, but no. Okay, and the last fact, it was developed by Clover Studio and published by Capcom. Finish him. Miles. Devil May Cry 3? Nope. Anybody else? No. Okay, it was Okami. Oh, Um, of course. Stupid wolf and a stupid paintbrush. Yeah, stupid pretty game. Stupid pretty game. Stupid underrated gem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how dare it be so good and pretty. Okay, uh, game seven. Third person action adventure hack and slash released in 2013. Finish him. Miles? God. DMC, Devil May Cry? No. Oh. <laughs> Sit down, Thompson. <laughs> I'll shut up now. <laughs> uh, 
he's locked running out, guys. <laughs> you ruined with a chance. Okay. <laughs> Next fact: it was released as an Xbox One launch title and a console exclusive. Uh, uh, Amy. Rise, son of Rome. Correct. Nice. Yes. Well done. Never played that. Was it any good? Uh, oh, it was an underrated gem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other facts were it was originally unveiled at E3 2010 as codenamed Kingdom. It was developed by Crytek and was part of a controversy where Microsoft had paid for fake positive reviews for the game and it was explicitly listed in the claim. Mm. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, game eight. This is an open world action adventure video game released in 2015. It narrowed down. <laughs> no, because might as well get it. Anything more might as well just be in there, like a hawk. Okay, fact two. It was originally planned to release in 2014 to coincide with the release of a movie, but was delayed. Cat. Um I'm gonna say. Oh, I've got one between two. I'm gonna say Rise of the Tomb Raider. No. Damn it. Okay. Anyone else? No. Okay. Fact three. It was developed by Avalanche Studios. Oh. Finish him. Files? Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Amy. (laughs) I thought I'd try. Uh, Just in case he got it wrong. (laughs) Try to steal him. Just in case he got it wrong. Uh, the other two facts uh, were the, uh, the in the game you create a vehicle called the Magnum Opus and uh, fact five was filmmaker George Miller was consulted on the game while it was in pre-production. Mm-hmm. Okay, game nine is a third-person survival horror game released in 2014. Finish him. Miles. Oh, shit, no. I, no. Um, no, skip me, sorry. <laughs> Is that because you know the answer, but you don't want to be a dick about it? No, it's actually no. I had an idea in my head. And I was like, that's not third person, you idiot. Okay. Um, anyone else? No? Okay. No. Fact two. The game features a protagonist called Sebastian Kalastenos. Finish him. Miles. Evil Within. Oh, Correct. Bitch. <laughs> bitch. Uh, trying to get my peek I was like, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. Okay. Uh, fact three was the game was developed by Tango Softworks. Fact two was it was directed by Shinji Mikami. Uh, fact five was the game is set in the Beacon Mental Hospital. The only way I would have gotten that is if you said fact five, this game is called The Evil Within. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that for like most of the questions. <laughs> okay, uh, and finally, game 10. Uh, it is a 3D action platformer published in 2002. Oh, going back a bit. Yes. Mm. Okay. Mm. Fact two. It was developed by Insomniac Games. Uh, uh, Amy. Ross. Ratchet and Clank. Correct. Oh, nice. Fact three was Ooh. published by Sony. Fact uh, four was the game begins on a planet called Valdin. And the last question, the last fact was weapons of the game include the Omni Wrench, the Bomb Glove, and the Suck Cannon. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, let's have a look at this then. So Ross got three. I don't think I did that badly, actually. Um, no, you did, you did all right. Um... Two weeks ago, I had a really good week, and then it's just been downhill. That was like my champion week. <laughs> Seven. Eleven for Ross. 
I'll take it. Uh, we know that Miles has won this. Um... Yeah, and I got four. They end. What a Miles. 30 this time, Miles, but well done. Ah, oh, I'll take it. I mean, at least I had competition this time, so at least it wasn't just me playing against Did myself. Did you? Did you have competition? Because you kept just going in there for the first one. I mean, after the saboteur, I was a little bit confident after that. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know how you got that. I was like, I, I literally had to dig through my brain for like, what's really underappreciated? And, uh, great. And, and found that one. And it was, it was. It was the trophy for having to jump off the Eiffel Tower and survive because you had to hit a swimming pool underneath. That was great. Oh, yeah, done that one. Done that. <laughs> I, I did all the trophies. The only thing I had to do was I had one little, tiny little bit of Paris left to turn from black and white into colour. And there was two towers left either side of a road that I needed to do. That's and so I went, rough. I went to Alton Towers Hotel for the weekend and came back and my house had been emptied. Oh, man. PS3 had gone on all my games. And I was like, it's fine, cloud saves. And then I got my new PS3 and was like, oh, fuck, the cloud saves were full. (laughs) (laughs) It's the fact that there's like a thousand things that you have to do, like literally 1,000 collectibles and things you have to destroy and whatever. It just takes ages. Yeah, hanging off the side of shitty bridges in the middle of French countryside (laughs) to try and get this fucking collectible. (sighs) Would you say that your save file was sabotaged? Oh, my God. There it is. I've actually this. got an eyebrow up as well right now. <laughs> and this was the Finger Guns podcast. We beat everybody. That's it. There's Close no stopping that. Yeah. We're end it now. Done. Uh, right then. Thank you very much, Sean. A pleasure as always. Let's get into both barrels. And firstly, which old remedy game is possibly getting a remaster next month? Mad Max. Not Mad Max. God damn it. Fuck Mad Max. Mad Max 2. Uh, not Mad Max 2. Mad Max no. 3. Mad Max 3. No. Okay, yeah. I, I'm out of ideas. Okay. There's a few games left. Control? No, unfortunately. <laughs> it's still a remaster. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's Alan Wake. It's freaking Alan Wake, man. Alan Wake Remastered has popped up on various retailer websites with the 5th of October release date. Now, this has not been confirmed yet, uh, but it popped up on Ratukin Taiwan. Um, saying Alan Wake Remastered due October 6th. And there's rumours that it will be announced at this week's PlayStation Showcase, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, uh, are we hyped for more Alan Wake? Kat, did you play the the original? Um, so I have this really hilarious, like, weird habit where I buy games and then I either play, like, half an hour of them. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a really good game. I'll play that in a minute. Or I just don't play them at all and they're sealed. And I think I either, I can't even remember if I played it or it's still sealed and it's in a box somewhere. Um, I think I played it because I remember it being dark and mysterious and you start either at a train station or you start in like a really dark, grounded place and you have like, but yeah, so I have played it. Couldn't tell you much about it. Probably will buy the remaster just because it's something that I kept looking at. It was when I had an Xbox. I kept looking at it being like, you need to play that soon. You need to play that soon. I know that Greg's streaming it at the moment. Um and yeah, so and I'm playing control as well, so it's nice to see all the links, and it'd be nice to put those links together. Sure. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something that I would probably invest in. Hopefully, it's not going to be, you know, the price of a a whole new game. You know, if it's like yeah. sixty or so quid, then I'll wait for the sale. But no, mm. I think it'd be good to get into because 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of with you. I don't remember an awful lot about it. I remember playing it and beating it and playing the DLC. Mm. But it kind of, it didn't stay with me. It kind of fell out of my head. Mm. And um, yeah, so all I remember of it is uh, you ran and wake and you got a torch. Yeah, that's, that's literally, and there's like a lot of gravel <laughs> on the floor. And that's yeah. what I really remember. There's loads of trees when you're outside. That's all I really remember. Yeah, pretty much. That's all you need to know. Uh, Miles, yeah. can you, could you elaborate further? Because <laughs> I've forgotten it completely. Give us more environmental cues, please. <laughs> I mean, I always remember it as the guy in the forest with the torch as well. So that's kind of, yeah, I think that's kind of what it's known for. Nice. Um, I actually never played it because I didn't have an Xbox 360 back in the day. Um, but I always wanted to. And so I'm really excited for this one because having played Control's uh or dlc um there's a lot of links references and direct kind of inferences about it and so i've kind of learned about the lore of alan wake through a different game not from actually playing it um but i've always been really interested in it and again it kind of strikes me as quite similar to the medium in terms of its kind of gameplay style and the narrative focus and i remember he's a writer isn't he and he goes to the lake for some reason because he's that's it and he's got like amnesia or he needs to go away for like a retreat to start writing again or something like that. And then that's and, when and it his, all... His wife goes missing, yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> that's the <laughs> it's one. Kind of, kind of really big MacGuffin that everyone's just lost out. <laughs> just a guy, guy in a forest with a torch. Don't know what he's doing yeah. there. <laughs> just like to nice, look around. wholesome camping trip in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for it and I'll probably pick it up. Like Kat said, if it's full price, probably wait a little bit. But if it's not, and if it's a decent price point, then I'll be definitely picking that one up because it looks cool. Nice. Uh, Sean, could you elaborate even further? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I I have willed this into existence. I think I'm I'm going to claim claim credit on the fact that this game exists because I downloaded Alan Wake to play on my Xbox Series S uh, via backwards compatibility, and um, there we got a remaster. So it's like I didn't really want to play it in the old shitty version, so mm. I get the new version. Happy days. Fair. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, this, this has been rumoured for a very long time, and I'm very glad that it's finally going to come out. It's not going to be just on PS5, from what I've heard. It's going to be on Xbox as well. So, yeah, um, it, that's that's all good. Everyone gets everyone gets a slice. This it's is a an Epic Games all funded thing, isn't it? From Remedy's um, deal with them a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if this is the Epic Game thing. I'm not sure if this is because I think their things were original. I think a lot of people are getting confused about what this is and what it isn't. I think this is something that Remedy are doing with their own cash based on the fact that they've they've got some cash and I think they have two other yeah, projects okay. in, the, in the works. Um, oh, interesting. And it, it would not surprise me if one of those was a no weight game. So uh, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, uh, you get a remaster, you normally follow it up with a sequel. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, right then. Um, what game is Nintendo apparently refunding? Oh, Ross, a bit heartbroken. Sonic Colors. I don't want to talk about it. I know, but let's talk about it though. We'll get those feelings out. What, how are you My feeling, goodness, Ross? Me. I don't like this story at all, but it's it's very interesting um, because Nintendo do not do this ever. Yeah, they so, normally charge a hundred pounds, and they'll take it and run. This is wild. Um, like I should say, this is um, at the time of recording um, on Monday evening. This has not been confirmed, but um, a Twitter user called Vex said that he contacted Nintendo for a refund and the customer service representative told him that they were aware of the issues with the game and subsequently refunded the purchase. Now, the Sonic Colors Ultimate Edition on Switch is an absolute shit show. It is horrific. There's been this uh, video going around this week on Twitter of footage from it, which I don't know how to explain it. I sent it to you guys earlier. 
I mean, it's just one of the worst things I may have ever seen. Ever. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's got better words for it. It reminds me of when you had like those really old TVs that you would touch and get a static electric shock from, and they'd go a bit funny and you'd have to hit it to like get it back into colour. You know, like when you're watching Coronation Street one day and it's about the stormy night. I'm talking mm. like real early, like 993 here, like big, sure. big old TVs. And then it would be a really stormy night and then the colours would all like fade out and they'd do that like weird, like film kind of strippy thing with colours and black and white. That's yeah. exactly what that clip looked like. looked like. It looked like you needed to hit your switch for it to like go back into kind of resolution. Yeah, it's just absolutely shocking. Uh, Sean, what the hell happened here? It looks so. There's quite a lot of things wrong with this. The Sonic game, isn't there? There's like the fact that it was built on an open source engine, and mm. um, this is probably where the problems come from because the Switch is is a, a console that has issues with certain engines. So there's, it might be the fact that this is is currently making the Switch look to a different texture folder because that's what it looks like is happening. So when you look at the game, it looks like it's pulling textures from the wrong place. And sticking them on the wrong uh, like platforms and walls and stuff because right now it does look like Krusty's Funhouse on acid and I'd, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a real mess. And I hope they get yeah. it sorted because, um, I mean, this is far worse than Cyberpunk at this point, you know. Yeah, that that's is how bad it is. <laughs> unplayable. Um, mm. I've not played it myself, so I don't want to, you know, it might be just the occasional screen that this happens on. Yeah, and there are there are people going out there that are like, this this has got like the whole riot squad, the whole like mob mentality now because some people have been claiming that there's there's certain things that are wrong that aren't actually wrong. So, um, like there's been a couple of people complaining about the fact that the the icon that shows when you your game is loading shrinks while the game is loading, but that was a feature of the original. And yes, that's just was. been replicated. So, it's it's like people are now are now looking for things to poke fun at. Mm. And I, I just genuinely don't know which which part of the territory are we in. Are we in this is completely unplayable, or people are having fun taking the pick up, piss out of this game now? Um, so I'm I'm I might have to pick it up and see myself. How much is it? What what are we talking? Forty. Nope. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying it's... forty quid for a, a crap version of a couple of years old game. Sorry. Mm. Um, yeah, the the reviews didn't pick up on this because they only sent out PlayStation copies. Oh, you're kidding! Mm. And um, if you pre-ordered Sonic Colors on Switch, you got it three days early. So this is where this is all coming from. Ouch! So it's gone directly to the consumer, and it's an absolute mess. So that's yeah. really bad. What does this say, Mars, about Sega's current output? Because if we put this together with Balan Wonderland, it's not looking great for them right now. No, I think, yeah, the output recently has not exactly been of the highest standard, is it? And I think, you know, I watched that 30-second clip that you sent of Sonic, and I genuinely couldn't believe that the developers would release a game looking like that. It's just kind of embarrassing and humiliating. And I kind of feel a bit sorry for the developers, because I can't imagine that they wanted to release the game looking in that state on the Switch. But somehow or another it has, and it, it does echo a lot of vibes of Cyberpunk, doesn't it? Where it's just the game releases and it's just multitude after multitude of problems coming out. And yeah, Balan Wonderland was a weird one because it was a game that obviously I haven't played myself, but I kind of followed the, the rhetoric around it and it was not good. Um, 
so yeah i think they really have to buck their ideas up because yeah sega's history recently is just not doing very well and they had didn't they also publish um aliens colonial marines as well is that that one was that sega i think they did that one too um so yeah they just have a history of games that aren't it was yeah yeah they just have a history of games that just release badly and yeah they just need to buck their ideas up and i don't know if it's an issue of funding or time or deadlines or whatever it might be but yeah they need to fix their stuff it's just not good yeah yeah you're absolutely right it's a worrying time especially me as a sonic fan my god come on what's that what's that line from the godfather what have they done to my boy it's like just treat him with a bit more respect give him a life come on he needs all he can get god damn it Oh, well. I, I, I did think of you immediately because I was like, obviously, I don't really play much Sonic anyway, so it doesn't really bother me too much. But I know for you, it must be quite heartbreaking to see, you know, your favorite series going down the pan a little it's bit. It's just sad because Sega said a few years ago, you know, Sonic Team are dedicated to turning the ship around, and you know they're gonna. Provoke, there's a big old new Sonic game coming out next year, which we still know. Reputation as well, isn't there for Sonic? Yeah. And and every time they release a game, there's a whole community that kind of shits on them and goes, oh, well, it's not as good as the original Sonic. Every single game that comes out and they always want to pick holes. And it's like a community that there's a whole separate community that love to hate Sonic. You, you see it on Reddit and they're like, mm. there's like this big discussion, isn't there? And this just adds fuel to the fire. And especially if developers are coming out and saying, you know, we're dedicated to turn this around and they bring that out. It's just such a smack in the face to the franchise and the... Yeah. and the the love because the film is so great and obviously then we had that stuff with the film as well you know when they had to go back and redesign him and you know it just seems like this poor tiny blue hedgehog is a little bit cursed he just wants to make people happy that's all i he know wants. he just wants to run around the collector's ring that's all he wants defeat eggman oh. for the thousandth time but yeah. it's not to be yeah damn it anyway uh let's move on uh which game just got a u-turn on its PS4 to PS5 upgrade. Horizon. Horizon Forbidden West. Last week, it cost you £10 to upgrade from the PS4 to PS5. Now it costs you nothing. Sony, are you in the right or are you in the wrong? Cat, what do you think? Because originally, they said Horizon Forbidden West was going to be a free upgrade because it was part of the launch window of the PS5. It then came out of that launch window instead of like, okay, maybe we can get away with putting an upgrade on it. And people are like, hang on a minute. That's not what you said. And so now they've backtracked. Uh, was it the right thing to do or should they have stuck stuck to their guns, do you think? So I think they should have stuck to their guns originally, 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 and, and done yeah, what yeah. they'd said to begin with. And I think that this is exactly what I'm saying about Sony is that they just, they're just a bit shady. I just don't like where they are. I don't know who's got a new job there, but they're just, yeah. And then to kind of blame it, I think as well, to backtrack and then not even say sorry, but to blame it on the fact that it's now not a launch title and that's to try and justify the decision to not have that. It's like, oh, that's the reason we wanted you to pay money. It's because it's not a launch title anymore. And it's like, you didn't even say really sorry. You just said, well, there was a reason we were doing that. Um, and I just think, nah, that's just shay. <laughs> like, um, so I think, yeah, you know, why would you, because it would put you in a position where if you didn't have a PS5, you technically, well, you know, you'd be paying money to, buy the same game for you know what's different about it and I think am I right in thinking let me just get this from my head around this um that it would have put you in a position where you'd have to buy the game twice because of the way that the PS4 edition because they had free they had free releases didn't they they had the PS5 just a mm -hmm. PS5 standard then they had the PS4 PS5 and then they just had the PS4 now if you bought the PS4 PS5 straight out great awesome 
you, you were sorted really uh, yeah. because you have you have both now if you were to buy the ps4 standalone what was there a caveat or was it mean that they would have to buy the ps4 ps5 one again uh yeah that one. yeah and so and that's really shitty because in the state that sony and this is the thing as well it's coming from sony and sony knows exactly what state their ps5s are in and exactly how hard it is to get a ps5 right now so mm-hmm. you know that's all well and good if you can get a ps5 but people are still setting alarms at four o'clock in the morning and people still have Twitter alerts out of that ass for, you know, at 9am Argos drops. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think they're absolutely in their right to, um, you know, actually not go back on that or go back on that or, you know, new word to their old word, you know, say what you're going to do. And I think fair play for the people calling them out. And I'm not even going to thank them for going back on their word and, reverting it to the original thing because they should have never have done it in the first place mm. on the flip side though yes you can now buy the ps4 version for 10 pound cheaper and get the ps5 version well there you go so there's, there's something there yeah <laughs> so you can just buy the game for 10 pound cheaper and i'll play on the ps5 exactly well, there the same. you, go. There there you, you go. go i've already pre-ordered so i mean not me but <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah and i think that's good you know um because i think actually like it's delayed one fall your ps5s are completely unattainable right now <laughs> um, it's not coming out for another six months um where do you get off not even like being <laughs> where do like, you get off yeah where do you get off being like oh the only reason we did that is because it's no not a launch time no sit down you didn't say anything for months about this game you mm. were silent and you can't just be like i don't know like have a bee in your bonnet and a stick up your butt for you know people calling you out on what was originally your word just think it's going to turn up at your house and you're not even going to be there. <laughs> that sucks so bad. You know, so <laughs> gonna turn up. It's literally on the day I go to Bangor. I, I go to Bangor the same kind of week every single year for a reunion with my university friends because I'm an actor. And we put on a 48-hour Shakespeare play and we do it for charity. Um, it is a shit show and an amazing experience, but we do it for the week so we can get drunk before and drunk after. It's brilliant. But we also then do the charity show and loads of people come and then we make, you know, hundreds of pounds of charity because it's all done in 48 hours and that is the same week that that starts and hmm. nobody really brings any of their consoles other than a switch or to play jackbox games on and that's it mm. <laughs> so i've actually booked the next week off so that i come back and have a week off to just absolutely smash it no spoilers please do not stream it i listen to podcasts all day are you and toby very nicely threatened silently threatened doesn't sound like him doesn't sound like him i know it doesn't sound like him he's such a nice boy normally Mm. Uh, Um, sean what do you make of sony's uh sony's u-turn it's good news it's good news um people were right to get pissed off and um it it only feels see i I come at this from from different from different um angles if you if you come at it from an Xbox owner where you know play anywhere exists and you can buy a game on Xbox One and it would be free to upgrade on the series should they get a series upgrades. And if not, you just get it on the you know the shiny upgrades anyway that come as part of the console upgrade. You know, that's that's a you know, that is the standard across there. If you look at this deal, you know, basically it's £10 extra to buy both a PS4 and a PS5 version. Which, you know, is, is fine. If you were to say that like a couple of uh, years ago to say you get £10 and you get a PS4 and a PS5 version of the game, 
you'd be like, holy shit, I got two versions of the fucking game. That's brilliant. Now it's like, yeah, that's super, super fucking shady, that is. And, you know, you come at it from the Nintendo angle where they are selling the same game with slightly higher resolutions every other year and charging a full price for the fact, <laughs> for, the, for the pleasure of doing so. And that is the cycle that Nintendo are in. You know, they're going to sell the same games to the same people for the rest of their existence. And that's fine. But it, it, this this fits in the middle. And it does, you know, for me, I looked at it and went, oh, okay, £10, um, £10 more. So basically I get the PS4 and the PS5 version, or I could just get the PS5 version. I really don't care either way because I'm not going to play it on the PS4 because it will run like a fucking shithouse. It will, like my PS4 will literally yeah. fire itself out of the window when I turn that on. <laughs> There's no chance. <laughs> either that or you know like a, like a big puff of smoke will you know come out of the top so i just think to myself it's okay like i get why people were upset because they'd said previously there would be a free upgrade i do understand that people are in a position where they can't get a ps4 and a ps5 but if they were to say for the same for 10 pound more we will send you a ps4 and a ps5 disc you would be absolutely fucking like amazed you'd be like yeah i'll take your arm off mate that's brilliant but because it's digital, it's a bit different. And yeah. this, I think we've come at this from, like, it, it wasn't too long ago where every game was a, um, like a remaster or a HD collection where it was the same games we released three or four years earlier in now the best resolution it could be because the previous version, just the previous console, we just couldn't do that resolution with no visual improvements. And we were okay with paying full price for that. So it, we've come a long way from there. And um, I think Sony probably need to realize that their offerings are somewhere in the wheelhouse of, of like between Nintendo, which no one seems to call out, and Xbox, who everyone seems to celebrate. So they, they just need to figure out how to market their own shit better if they want to continue to do this. And I just hope they don't. I hope they go, hey, here's PlayStation Play Everywhere. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Imagine such a <laughs> <laughs> well they have announced haven't they that now all first party cross-gen games are going to have that 10 pound upgrade yeah moving forward after horizon which i'll be like i understand that like so that's what ragnarok and whatever else they've got coming oh there's so much fucking coming mm. <laughs> um yeah. it uh, i I, ju- I understand like the extra work that's required like the the jewels i mean i it's obviously not 10 pound for every person like, but I understand why they would charge more for it because it's going to be the better version. And basically they want everyone to get the fuck off the PS4. So obviously they can't make enough PS5 for that to happen, right? Yet. Apparently not, no. <laughs> apparently not. But there's new model there's new model PS5 apparently is easier to get the parts for. So we'll yeah. see. And it burns itself. Ah! Yeah, great. Good stuff, PlayStation. Well done. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the outrage? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got a, it's got a cheaper time uh, uh, heatsink in it, and people are losing their shit, despite the fact that it actually makes no difference. But you know, yeah, it's... The fucking internet, indeed. Uh, Miles, have you got anything to uh, to add to such a massive story? I mean, that was pretty comprehensive from uh, both Sean and Cat, to be honest. Um, I think, yeah, I probably sit more in the camp of Cat, probably a little bit more in the sense that I think this is a bit of. A problem of Sony's own making because of the recent history they've had. I think Sony are becoming that kind of company who are framing themselves as the ones who kind of want to 
scalp people a bit more whereas you've got like Sean has said you know Xbox are really kind of being celebrated at the moment because they're making all the right decisions in favor of the consumer probably the expense of their own profits and stuff um and I feel like Sony are just being a little bit too um underhanded with a couple of their things I don't necessarily mind paying for an upgraded better version of a game provided that that upgrade is worth the amount that they're asking for definitely yeah same and I think even with like, you know, we've seen with Ghost of Tsushima and with Death Stranding, Sony is effectively trying to resell these games on a new console and to justify it, instead of giving out as a free upgrade, they're basically, you know, requisitioning DLC to come in to justify then putting the upgrade behind that. And it just, it comes across to me like Sony are trying to monetize the upgrades, um, but are trying to almost pretend that they're not. And that's what doesn't really sit well. And I think Jim Ryan made that promise a year ago that all the games that were coming out were going to have free upgrades initially and Horizon was one of them. And I think that's the big problem is that Sony keeps saying, you know, they're they're trying to be for the players, they're consumer friendly and all this, and then they're doing things which aren't. Um, and I think you either just have to, like Sean said, just kind of just be open about it. Just say, this is our stance. This is what we're doing. And this is it now. And, you know, that's that. Because I think... I'm not necessarily on board with charging £70 for every game that they're going to release, but I think Horizon will be one that is actually worth it. But it's just be open and honest about it. And I know I was one of the few defenders of Sony about a month or so ago, you know, when you were talking about the lack of communication, Kat. And I think actually in the last couple of weeks, they've kind of shown that they're following that trend, actually, that you were talking about. So I think you were spot on then. And maybe I was a bit more less cynical of them at the time. But yeah, I just think it's fine to charge a little bit extra, provided that the upgraded edition for PS5 is worth the extra money they're asking for it. Um, but I think it was the right decision to roll it back in this case and then to say from that point onwards for other games coming out, we will charge more for it because it mm. probably does take manpower and it probably does take the development teams a lot longer to have to then almost downsize or downgrade the game to work on the previous consoles. And like Sean said, it'll probably make a PS4 explode anyway with all the work they've probably done to get it playable on those. So there is work that goes into it and I don't mind paying a bit extra for them to spend that time doing that if it means access for more people. But I just feel like given the scarcity of PS5s and how well it has sold, they don't need to charge for the upgrade right now. They can do it in future once it becomes more readily available. But when people only have a PS4, like if they buy Horizon, absolutely adore it, but it runs like crap. And then they finally get a PS5 and they think, oh, great, I really want to play this, you know, on the best version it can be. They have to buy a whole new edition of the game again. And that's not right, in my opinion. Like, that's just not fair. Um, so they either have to fork out for an edition, which they can't get the most out of straight away, or they then have to buy the game twice. And I just think it's a bit crappy when people can't even get your console that you're effectively trying to you know scum them out of a bit of extra money that they can't even make use of if that makes sense yeah um so yeah i think it was the right decision they rolled it back i'm glad they've done it i just wish they would kind of get their shit together and actually start being a bit more pro-consumer and at least how they communicate these things rather than trying to dress it up as though they're really friendly to players while actually trying to get more money out of them if that makes sense absolutely yeah, yeah. I, th- I think one of the one of the important things that seems to be getting lost in all of this is that if you buy the ps4 version of the game and you buy it for ps4 you can still play the ps4 version on the ps5 yes it's just, yeah it's just like a lot of people are like well i'm gonna have to buy the game twice no you're not you've still got the fucking game it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not like they're taking it off you because you've bought the ps5 it's just 
you know, a different console, and you'll still mm. get the visual upgrades that come with the like the boost of power of the PS5. It just won't be the PS5 version, which is you know what they're charging the extra shit for. Yeah, yeah, that is getting a bit lost in translation, I think. Yeah, that's and fair. It will no doubt run better on a PS5 as well. It, oh yeah, yeah. It terrifies me what noises my PS4 Pro would have made if I <laughs> tried to run for Ben West on it. God, could you imagine? Oh, Good man. lord. It sounded oh. like a, a robot had entered your bedroom. It's yeah. like the, the, the 4D version <laughs> of Horizon. Yeah. Here's House a just turns into an airstrip. <laughs> wow, my PS4 Pro sounds like an actual Lindhawk. That's really cool. Nice one, Guerrilla Games. <laughs> oh, boy. Finally, Tripwire Interactive have had quite a week. Um, which studio has cut ties with them this week over certain things that we'll get into? A couple of them? Yeah. Yeah, but there's one there's one primary one that I wanted to focus on. Which one was that? The Chivalry Dev or uh, yeah, Shipwright. Shipwright Studios cuts ties with Tripwire Interactive over President's anti-abortion views. So yeah, if you if you're the kind of person that likes games like Chivalry 2, then listen up, Holmes. Can you imagine being that kind of person? Yeah. Oh no. Terrifies <laughs> me. Um, I'm reading from gameindustry.biz, Mr. James Batchelor writes, US developer Shipwright Studios has begun cancelling all contracts with Manny to create Tripwire Interactive after latter's president sparked controversy over his views on abortion. John Gibson, the president of Georgia-based Tripwire Interactive, posted a tweet on Saturday applauding the US Supreme Court's decision not to intervene in the passing of the Texas law banning abortions after six weeks with no room for emergency requests. The Tripwire boss posted that he was proud of the court, adding... As an entertainer, I don't get political often. Actually, I'm going to say this in the voice that I think he sounds like. As an entertainer, I don't get political often. Yet with so many vocalists on the other side of the issue, I felt it was important to go on the record as a pro-life developer. The tweet has drawn a lot of criticism, including from several game developers and other industry professionals. Well, this is interesting. Um, Kat, you're a being that can create life. I am. I have ovaries. Hello. Amazing. Hello. Um, do you want to kick <laughs> us off with this absolute beauty of a story? Yeah, yeah. Because people who don't have certain body parts feel like they have opinions. Exactly. Great. I'm cool. going to shut up. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> so I don't have a problem with people having beliefs. You, oh, I do, obviously. I think if you if you've got no ovary, you've got no fucking opinion. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, there are many reasons why people I, I don't want to get into the politics of the law itself but what I, I do want to get into because that's a whole podcast in itself and I think that that's going to be a sure lot of people with lots of different opinions on that and the thing is as well you know I'm a you know by day I'm a person who you know I don't have any judgment on anybody what they believe what they what they want to do and everybody's allowed their opinion everybody has a different life experience and a different life story of why or what they might believe and that is absolutely fine you are entitled to believe and you are valid to believe and you're valid for your feelings and experiences unless you don't have all I'm kidding um (laughs) but what I think is is in a whole world of fuckery is the fact that somebody is going to kind of pull their opinion onto hundreds of other people who work under them um, and kind of represent that opinion based on the other people. And it was just that little bit of his tweet as, as a game developer, as I'm in entertainment, 
bro people who are having abortions have nothing to do with your entertainment sweetheart that is trauma at its like very best and you are minimizing and reduction you know being so reductionist about maybe the reasons why people are having to have abortions we're not just all you know lining up and queuing up like it's a bloody drive-through you know there are real valid reasons that people have this and I'm not gonna get into this anyway but that's like me you know I work for the NHS and that's like me saying this is a really controversial opinion and then being like on behalf of all therapists on behalf of all of the people that work under me on behalf of my, my whole building you know he, he's gonna have females who work under him and yeah I think that was just a really strange I don't know what kind of coffee he was drinking that day but I think that was a really strange stance to go by I do have shipwright's response which I think was dealt with beautifully um and I'll read it out so it just said here uh while your politics are your own the moment you make them a matter of public discourse you entangle all of those working for you and with you we have worked closely alongside the talented and passionate developers of Tripwire and your partners for the last three uh, plus years and we know it's really difficult for employees employees to speak up or act out in these scenarios they may not feel comfortable to speak their minds it's regrettable but we feel it would be doing ourselves your employees your partners and an industry as a whole a disservice to allow this pattern to continue without comment we started shipwright with the idea that it was finally time to put our money where our mouth is and we cannot in good conscience continue to work with tripwire under the current leadership structure we begin the cancellation of our existing contracts effective immediately and i think you know what they said there is is very very professional if you are going to you know you're allowed to believe what you like but don't put your opinion on hundreds of people that work for you do not put it on an establishment that put it on for you Sean said it beautifully in the slack do not bring politics into gaming you know what you believe and what you think you know it's separate we're all here for different reasons and also you don't even if you did have ovaries it's still not your right to opinionate something you know as on behalf of x amount of individuals and on behalf of a company as well that's just really strange it was a really strange thing to do and I think that shipwright are completely completely valid you know am I disappointed that they have made you know they've helped with man eater yes because I really liked that game um you know but it is what it is I I don't want to go you know I've talked enough about it but it's kind of my main points about going into you know the laws itself I just think that it's really strange it's really strange I just don't know why what he woke up and thought that day because you know it's one thing to tweet about it from your own personal views when you can have it on your twitter bar you know all viewers my own but if I was to say something like on behalf of all of finger guns because I'm so pleased to do you know I demand that broccoli is now meat you know what like you know you can't just force other people to or you can't just represent other people just because you say so and I would be putting out a statement saying we do not reflect the opinions of Gary. <laughs> You know, it's just, yeah, you've just spoken on behalf of people where you don't know their story. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they believe. They might be, they might agree with you, but they might not want to say they agree with you. They might agree with you and speak mm-hmm. quite proudly of it, but there'll be people there that don't agree with you and they don't abide by that. And now they work for you and they probably really liked their job and they're really proud of their job. And now it looks like they, you know, now they feel uncomfortable in that position. Yeah. I mean, the first person, the first people I thought of were the women that worked for Tripwire. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the first people. And it's just and like the Activision thing. Like, oh, fuck. 
<laughs> oh god what an industry well let's not oh, be abusing all over again i'm not absolutely in any way i'm not minimizing abuse and you know but that this is how it starts this is this is how this kind of reductionism and this is kind of how the minimization of people's stories and people's experiences mm. starts by one big guy being like this is my voice and now you'll follow me yeah and he's going to be asked to resign and that's going to be it and it'll be the end of his life because he tweeted something and it's just silly because he's allowed his opinion he's totally allowed his opinion he's totally allowed to support that of course he is you know he has his own experience don't bring other people into it don't don't talk on behalf of them you're not the dad you're not you know you're not a keeper you know they're they're people so Mm. that was weird you know it's quite the opinion though yeah yeah it's quite, and that's why i said i don't want to get into the actual <laughs> politics of it because it's yeah. you know there's there's lots like having ovaries as you, you probably all well know um, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's you know there's i lots, count them like, every morning say, oh yeah absolutely me too one two um, <laughs> hey! five, um you know but and there's you know there's lots of reasons why that law you know people disagree with that law we're not in america we can't speak for you know the americans that, that are out there dealing with you know that people live in texas they don't disagree with the law um people live in texas and they completely disagree with the law and you know we can get into that however but yeah. bottom line is a silly man made a silly tweet and then represented a whole company that he worked for underneath that umbrella of a tweet which was silly 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 mm. so silly he is not fuck okay fuck me yeah <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, ovaries out. Good lord. Ovaries out. Boom. Mic drop. Uh, men, have you got anything to add? <laughs> I I often say keep politics out of gaming, be- and that's because lots of people have told me that in the past that politics should be kept out of gaming. And normally, when people say that, it's because it's a game contains politics that they don't agree with. And up until recently. Every time that has been said, it has been because of progressive left-leaning politics in games. You know, the inclusion of women as protagonists, the inclusion of transgender characters, um, the inclusion of black people that aren't just thugs. You know, they, these these are, are ways that the gaming industry has progressed and people have not liked those, those progressions. And that's why they say, keep politics out of gaming. This week, I finally understood what they were saying. I've never been able to come from their perspective before where I could say, please keep politics out of gaming. Because this guy made something political uh, with, with the statement that he made for his company, which I don't imagine this was a surprise to anyone at that studio. You know, I, am, I immediately felt for every one of the women involved there, but I just don't think that any of them were surprised by this at this point. Because, I mean, they work in the gaming industry and it's full of shitheads. But you don't do this. You know, we're in an industry that's trying to progress, trying to be more accepting, trying to make gaming available to everyone. And is is left-leaning. It's a left-leaning industry. You know, we the majority of people want progress. And the vocal minority, you know, the, the gamer gators, the people that, you know, they don't want that. And for the first time, I understood why I want to keep politics out of gaming. Because when this guy said this, and I couldn't, you know, I genuinely thought that, you know, he believes that this is right, that this law is right. And I 
absolutely disagree with him 100% I have I vehemently think that this thing is a dangerous thing to exist because I think it's going to kill people and I think it's horrible but he believes it's right and this is the first time that I've been able to think to myself I just don't want that in gaming yeah keep, keep that shit to yourself and I guess because I've wrapped myself up in this left-leaning bubble, you know, I follow Corey Barlog, who's always dropping left-leaning, you know, the guy, any, you know, it just comes to the fact that this guy, the first political stance that he makes is on this. After the last two years that we've had in this industry with Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, the fucking Trump, the first time he tries to get political is on this. This is an incredibly divisive thing mm. that I think is I disagree with. I absolutely would hate to be in Texas right now because I feel like everyone is completely divided over it. Um, and I just hope that everyone at Tripwire who isn't a shithead lands on their feet, however the way this shakes down. Yeah. And I'll, I'll call him a shithead because I, I don't, you know, I know the cat was trying to be, you know, um, politically correct. The guy's a dick. It's not his place. None of this should, should have fucking happened. None of the changes should have been made. And, I, you know, I don't want to go into, like, we could debate on where fucking life starts. You know, is it first breath, first heartbeat, six weeks in? I don't know. But it's, it's, it's a debate that you could have for days. But I disagree with where they placed it. I feel for everybody who's been caught up in this wake, people that are going to lose jobs over it. So... Well done, dickhead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the majority of, like, the personalities in the industry have condemned the tweet. Uh, Corey Bardo, like you said, Alana Pierce, Gary Witter, Scott Lowe, Mitch Dyer, basically everyone. And it's, yeah, it seems like a a bit of a mistake. And the tweet's still, it's still there. He hasn't deleted it yet. He's standing by this. Which, which... Um, the thing is, like, I, I get, like, if you were brought up Catholic and, you, you know, sorry, very, very Christian, you know, yeah. that, that abo- like, that, that abortion was wrong, ever, for, like, for any circumstance. If that's what you were brought up to think, this law is like a godsend. <laughs> I mean, quite literally, probably, to them. Um, but it, it's just, like, as, as a, a society, we keep progressing towards things I feel like we keep progressing towards things and then we take step backs and it, it just feels like that this this guy was was on the wrong side of history. And, uh, you know, I don't like to like a make a, a, a me and them thing, but Jesus Christ, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this bill is controversial enough without him involving himself in it. We, and dragging the game industry into it, you know. Yeah, like, it's okay. Keep it out of gaming. You know, if you've mm. got that thought, that's fine. Like, no one... Like there are there are very famous game developers that supported Trump, to, donated to his campaign, and it's like okay, I mean you know whatever, um, you know yeah that guy the the FNAF creator that was that was cancelled because he was donating to stuff you know there yeah. are, they, but because we don't talk about it, it's okay. They make good games, and the, those games quite often come with messages that don't feel like they were made by some kind of crazy right wing nut job, <laughs> but you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know I'm a big fan of Colin Moriarty. Um, I love his PlayStation podcast, Sacred Symbols, is fantastic, and I love him as a video game commentator. You know, he's very right wing. He's very 
conservative, but he knows where to strike the balance between the two. Do you know what I mean? You know, I don't agree with yeah. half of the things he says, but as a commentator on the industry, I think he's up there as one of the best. And it's, but he knows where to balance it out. He knows where to kind of like not put his foot in it or do that like this. He wouldn't put a tweet out like this, for example. I don't, I think he's pro choice anyway, as he should be, because he is left leaning in a way, but you know, he's, I think he's very he's much down the middle. He's, 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 yeah. he's, he's a libertarian. Much. He just believes, you know, down the middle, no government, which is, mm. you know, I, I get I get Colin Mor- Moriarty's thing, but the problem with with Colin Mor- Moriarty is when you when you're that middle, when you're straight down the middle, and you're trying to debate Nazis, that's when I give up. Like, <laughs> yeah, Nazis that Nazis need punching in the face. They don't need to be debated in the the you know the school of thought. You know, yeah. they just need to be punched, and yeah. that, that that's where it draws the lines for me. That's okay. where Colin Moriarty dropped off. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's. Close this chapter. Cool. Uh, <laughs> sake, this All right. Uh, Miles, do you want to finish it up? Anything to add at all? No, I just think it was just a pretty stupid thing to tweet when you're the head of a company. Like, just don't do it. Just ban yourself from doing anything personal on social media when you represent big companies or any company whatsoever. Just don't do it. If you have personal views, it's fine. Have them, but just don't parade it around. And like they've said, just don't put it out as though you're speaking on behalf of a bunch of other people who likely may or may not share your views. Yeah, yeah, it's just a stupid thing to do. There's no need for it. It was completely unnecessary. And yeah, he's probably ruined whatever nice job he has there. And I'm just glad to see that um, I think Torn Banner Studios have also distanced themselves from it. So yeah, it looks like everybody else has been kind of just saying, what the hell are you doing? Which is totally fair. You can continue to play Chivalry 2 with a good conscience. Yeah, I can play that one. I can't play Man Eater yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Right, let's talk about video games, shall we? Um, this week, something very exciting is happening. For the first time in a year, we're getting a bloody PlayStation showcase. And safe to say, it's going to be a good one. The only thing they said that isn't going to be there is PSVR 2. So, well, I mean, the imagination of the internet has gone completely insane. This is not a state of play. This is a full AAA showcase. Get the feeling it's going to be pretty massive. Miles, do you want to kick us off? What do you want to see there? I think you know what I want to see. I want that Metal Gear remake. Metal Gear remake. It's got to be done. If they do it, oh, I'm going to flip out. Um, I want the Metal Gear remake. I want Metal Gear remake, and I want hell <laughs> I want brought Hellblade down on 2. everyone. <laughs> I want Hellblade 2 to announce that it's coming over to PlayStation and stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, which won't happen. Um, so yeah, I want Metal Gear and the one that's complete fantasy, which will never, ever happen, but I would love to know that Bloodborne 2 is coming, but it won't be. Um, I'd like to see a bit more of the new God of War, which hopefully we will do. Um but yeah, I think it's more just, I just want to see what Sony have got. There's nothing in particular I desperately want from them per se. I think Spider-Man 2 would be a good shout to show something off of. But I just want to see that they've got a little bit more up their sleeve that they're willing to now divulge a little bit about. Because over E3, it was getting excited over all these other games, which are either going to be multi-platform or were on Xbox consoles. And I was feeling a bit like, you know, I kind of want Sony to bring some excitement as well. You know, show something off and actually make make me excited for what the PS5 is going to be able to do. So I've got, haven't got much in particular other than the Metal Gear remake that I desperately want. Um, but I just really want Sony to put on a really good show and to get me excited for the next year or two of games that they've got coming up. Um, there's so many IPs and things that they have that it's just endless. And I think, was it you, Sean, who sent in that thread about the person who said they want like 20 different IPs all being done with sequels? Um yeah, I mean, just, the, the internet is getting a little bit mad. Yeah. 
carried yes. away. Yeah. Basically, they want they want remakes <laughs> and reboots of absolutely everything that Sony have ever made. Yeah, anything that's ever been remotely decent, they like, want it's it. It's only and... a forty minute show, guys. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that there's lots of potential there of what they can do, and I think as long as we get a good few games coming up in the next year that look great, that are kind of, I wouldn't even mind if there's a lot of new stuff there and not even much of the established IPs because a lot of what Sony commission is first party or you know through studios directly tied to them tend to be very good quality so even if there's new ips in there that we haven't heard about before you know i'm down for it i just want to see them come out with something really good to get me excited again because i feel like sony have dropped the ball a little bit in the last few months so yeah that's that's my hope i think it's going to be hype to be honest they've dropped two trailers for it now and the the sacred symbols on the front of their kind of logo for this it's all sparkly diamonds so it's like oh They've got something in the bag, I think. Uh, they must have something good. Something major. Um, Cap, are you hyped for uh, this Thursday night? I am. I'm very, very hyped for this Thursday night because I'm more curious. I I mean, they've seen, they've kind of cheated, haven't they? They've looked at the exam um, of E3 and gone, now nah, we'll, we'll, we'll top it or we'll, you know, we'll match that. We'll show X, Y and Z. Um, and the thing is, it's long overdue. It's like, you know, ordering a really good steak and waiting an extra 45 minutes for it. And so I am really excited, but I'm also really hungry. I'm really hungry for whatever they've got to show. I would love to see some Spider-Man too. I would, I, I think that'd be really cool. I, you know, I really appreciate that we did get Miles Morales. So that's really cool. Um, I, I don't, I'm not bothered about Horizon gameplay. We've had our little Horizon bite size, you know, we've got the release date now, we've got this, you know, they dragged that out long enough. Um, God of War would be freaking awesome. If I see any more GTA 5, I'm going to scream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just chuck my own PlayStation controller at. I'd like to see where Little Devil Inside has gone, but I don't know if that's PS5. Um, because that was supposed to be like a million years ago. I, I wouldn't mind if they just dropped like a load of, like a little reel of indies that are coming out. It's just something to get us like, just like hyped and excited. Mm. Um, I'd like to see if they were gonna, because I know that they spoke about The Last of Us uh, multiplayer. I'd like to see if they were gonna talk about that. I wouldn't even mind not having gameplay, but just seeing kind of what that's gonna entail. Factions, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, factions. I'm, I personally think we'll see something of the remake before we see factions you reckon yeah i don't think it should be remade whatever anyway but yeah i'd love to see god of war obviously i think those big titles are going to be the ones that kind of reel us in but i'd I'd like i want to i want a surprise i want to be like i want i want myself to scream like i did when i saw horizon Mm. thing i want it i want to be shocked i want to be like oh my god i don't want to be predictable they've waited too long to just now be predictable with what they're going to do um i'd like to see the hogwarts game that'd be pretty cool yeah, I'd like to nice. see, see some of that because that was delayed until next year. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited. I'm hyped. I'm, uh, yeah, I just slag off Sony at the moment. And yes, they are in my bad books, but I'm hoping that they don't think that a really good showcase can just redeem all their shit <laughs> from mm. this year. Yeah, um, yeah. But it will help, you know, it will mm. help. <laughs> uh, should say, uh, fingers do not agree with the uh, transgender comments made by JK Rowling. We're just excited for the Hogwarts game. Yes, okay? yeah, there we absolutely. Go. Yeah, yeah. JK Rowling can, can, shove it and um we can all just be hogwarts people without her yeah yeah also you two will you let insomniac have a break please what have they done they got mars morales and ratchet and clank out in the last year yeah let them make spider-man 2 okay that's true okay just fair so enough mean. insomniac <laughs> works really really hard and that's why that's why i was wondering what what actually is coming because you know we've got ratchet and clank we have mars morales 
Uh, well, we shall ask Mr. Sean Davies because Sean Davies has been uh, curious about what a lot of the first party studios have been doing for a while. And uh, will this be the night we see them, Sean? What do you think? Nope, it's just going to be knock three. Yes, finally! <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> Game of the generation, it's coming. At last! Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so that is just going to be knock three. Just 40 minutes of knock three. 40 minutes of knock three. So they're, they're calling it a PlayStation showcase, but really... It's a knack three state of play. Yeah, it, it's they've just made a typo. It's PlayStation knack case. Um, okay, and that's that's <laughs> where it's going to be. Um, there's there's lots of studios working on lots of different things, and um, there's lots of rumors going on right now. So there's like obviously people thinking that there's going to be an in, infamous um, announcement, which would be interesting. Um, I do not think that that is from Sucker Punch. I think that might be from Sony Bend. Ooh, interesting. That, that is a good show, actually. Because I get the feeling that uh, Sucker Punch are continuing to work on um, the, the... At the end of the day, the Sony have invested so much into the Ghost of Tsushima franchise at this point, and the studio have absolutely loved working on it, is everything that I've heard, um, mm. and that they don't want to leave this particular you know thing behind. It's one of the best-selling PS4 games it's selling really well on the PS5 as part of the director's cut thing. So, you know, it's, it's, I get the feeling that we're not obviously not going to see more Ghost of Tsushima this time around, but I do think we might see something uh, infamous related. And I do think it might be from Sony Bend, who um, obviously recently, not, not so much recently, but they, they got moved to a different project after turning a couple mm. of things down, which brings us to the other thing. We're probably going to see The Last of Us um, remake. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're probably going to see The Last of Us um, factions, since that's still in development. Um, we've got Sony um, San Diego, which usually do the baseball game. I'm not sure if that's going to be still happening because they usually do little side projects as well. So there's, an, there's a possibility we're going to see something from that. I fully expect to see God of War at some point, whether that's just like, like the original gameplay demo that we saw for God of War where it was just like a vertical slice of the game I fully expect to see something of that. Spider-Man, I fully expect to see a hint of Spider-Man um, because I think Insomniac are obviously very busy. Poor Insomniac. What did I just say? <laughs> no, I said poor Insomniac. Oh, poor Insomniac. As in, just, 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 just let them do stuff now. I feel like they've, they've had a good inning so far on the PS5. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> as investments go, can you like Sony made the actual pearler of an investment in in Sonic? Yeah. It was just like Spidey <laughs> remastered Mars Morales and Ratchet and Clank in the first year. I mean, yeah, wild, yeah. wild. That's another game we might see. Um, because I refuse to believe that it's been cancelled. Um, Jeff Grubb, I don't think knows. Where he's oh, well, wild, wild. Yeah, sorry, I didn't get that immediately. There you go, yeah, there wild. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Um. The reason I don't believe that's been cancelled is because uh, in July they were recruiting for more people at, at um, their studio, Wild Sheep. And the, if, you, if you follow the accounts that Wild follow on Twitter and you look at the tweets that they liked, uh, there was a couple of new starters that walked into the building saying that they were working on Wild um, reasonably recently. Um, so I don't think that Wild is cancelled. I think it's been moved to as a, a PS5 exclusive. 
if it has been cancelled, I'm willing to eat my words, but I just don't think that game's been cancelled. It was too mm. far along several years ago for it to be cancelled. Um, and uh, I, I just think we're going to get an absolute fucking barnstorm of a showcase, if I'm honest. Yeah, me too. What about... Because um, Jaffe's been hyping this up. Is there going to be a, a sign of like Twisted Metal, maybe? I... I I think it's, yeah, I think we're just probably going to see Twisted Metal. The reason I say this is because they've got the TV show in development mm. and Jeff, I don't think he's involved in any way, shape or form. Um, but I do think that Sony have probably reached out and said, yeah, we're working on a Twisted Metal. Um, because, there's, I mean, you don't release a TV show for, with nothing backing it up. And Twisted Metal is not exactly the most prominent IP that Sony could make into a TV show. No, there's going to be a whole generation that have no idea what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, like maybe two generations. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, possibly. So, you know, this is it's it's going to be interesting. Um, a showcase. I do think they're going to. I don't think we're going to see Sound Hills. I mean, everyone keeps saying <laughs> Sound Hills. What about abandoned? Oh man, the amount of lists I've seen in this, I can't wait for it to come out and be sad till. So I'm like, for fuck's sake, man, we stop setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, yeah, it's happening, isn't it, all over? But you know, Sony are hyping this up, so people are going wild, and I think they should. Why not? Doesn't matter. You know, they're going to be disappointed and blame PlayStation, but that's what they do. If 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 I had a like a magic wish list, it would be Siphon Filter. I'd like to see them that re- rebooted. I just know it's not going to happen. Um, and Mag, I'd love to see them have another go oh, at the first person. Yeah. I, I just imagine, awesome. like, if, because this is the one, like, hole in Sony's repertoire is first person shooters. You know, it, we haven't got Killzone now for yeah. whatever reason, because we should have another fucking Killzone for God's sake. Killzone's dead. It's over, man. We won. Killzone was so good. They need to bring it back. Just Hellgast. Just give me all the Hellgast you can get. <laughs> yeah, just a lot red of eyes. Genuinely, the most well designed enemies you can fight against. And they just can them off. And I know that, you know, the protagonists are normally boring as shit. Just make me a Hellgast. Give me the fucking red mask. Mm. I don't mind running around killing people as the bad guy, looking like a stormtrooper. I did see today that Toys for Bob are hiring. This may not be related, but Crash was in the picture that they put up. When they were looking for people to work on Toys or Bob, yeah, is there is there a small chance that there's a little studio inside Toys or Bob that are working on a new Crash game? No. <sighs> what, that, what that is is the PR people who are making the recruiting team really smart and putting Crash on and going, "Come and work for us on Call of Duty." I should say <laughs> it was the picture is a picture of Crash falling into the Dunks to the Warzone map. <laughs> That's brilliant. So. Fuck knows what that means. <laughs> I'll try and find it and put it in the site. hundred crashes but... down on the island. <laughs> <laughs> First one to grab a mask is okay. <laughs> Run! Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the sky is the limit on this showcase. So, yeah, you can bet your ass we're doing a reaction uh, special podcast right after it's finished. Um, I'm tempted to record it whilst it's on, actually, so I can get the kind of initial reactions to things because I think that might be quite fun but um, oh man it's going to be crazy uh, right then let's get into our favourite things and this week our favourite thing is our favourite VO performance so our favourite performance by a voice actor or an actress in a video game so I'm going to uh, kick this one off who hasn't gone first yet Mr Sean Davies your favourite VO performance in a game 
I've completely misunderstood this. I thought you were like voice acting, like actor. Um, so I, oh, I've, just picked, I've just picked an actor and it was Troy Baker. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, He's basically in every game, so it covers all of it, so it's fine. Yeah, I think why I picked him is the fact that you can now recognise his voice in in so many games uh, because he's just that good and can get those kind of ranges out of himself for for many different types of games. But also for the stuff that he doesn't get credit for. So if you go through his IMDb or like, you know, games list of, you know, his filmography or whatever, the amount of stuff that he does that he never gets credit for, like uh, doing additional voices on the Lego games and stuff like that, just... And the fact that he did probably the best Joker outside of Mark Hamill is, you know, he's he's a very good voice actor. And I just think, um, I know the reason everything now, and I know he's like overplayed, I guess. But I think when he when he's motivated and, and he's not trying to do the white action grizzled guy that he gets asked to do so often, that I think he can really, he's got some real chops on him. And that's why I think he's one of my favorite voice actors. Yeah, that you've met. I that I, you know. Yeah, and he smells like strawberries. I'm, I don't, I don't understand why I look at him and I think like um, Olber soil. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, he is he is a beautiful man up, up up close. My God, you just stare into his eyes and get lost in them. But yeah, okay. the, my one abiding memory of it is that he smells like strawberries. Um, I'm gonna ask Mars next because. When I went out with Miles, when I met Miles in, in real life for the first time, apparently I was known as the Troy Baker bitch um, before yeah, Miles had met me. So yeah, I thought, I, I thought I'd segue that into Miles' choices. So Thank, Thanks for reminding me again that you got to meet probably one of the best voice, uh, voice actors ever. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. I, I don't mind at all. Yeah, I bet you don't. Happy Bastard. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's literally all I knew you as. You were the guy who met Troy Baker. That's how I knew you. Um, and that's still kind of how I know you a little bit, to be honest, because I'm just so jealous of it. Um, I really struggle for this because there are so many that I really, really like. Um, but I couldn't really get past. I had two. I couldn't really decide between. First one was when I played Bioshock for the first time. And basically anything that Andrew Ryan says throughout the game is just said so incredibly well. And the um, the, the, the plot twist part, which let's be honest, if you haven't played Bioshock by this point, you really should have. But this is a massive spoiler for Bioshock, FYI, um, is um, a man chooses a slave base. That whole sequence and that whole part that he voices is just so like engrossing like i couldn't i could have listened to him go on that for that monologue for days and i thought it was absolutely brilliant and the only other one that really kind of matched that level for me was Vus from far cry 3 um whenever he does anything whenever he speaks about any part he was massively underutilized in that game and i'm still waiting for the day that ubisoft finally realize that they need to do an entire game around him i know obviously we're going to get our dlc aren't we ross so that'll be great but oh yeah oh just- that's not too far away now is it yeah, oh, it's coming, man. and it's all I'm buying Far Cry Six for. If I'm being honest, <laughs> got to buy um, the season pass. Damn it, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, I'll spend any money for Vass. <laughs> um, but it's just that opening sequence of the game when you're in the cage and he's talking you through it, and it's just so riddled with rage and like fear, and it's just he just holds the scene so incredibly well, and I feel like he should have got a lot more voice acting 
like opportunities after that, which I don't really think he's had that many in games. He's had a few, but not nearly as many as he probably should have. But Vass is just iconic. And whenever I think of video game villains, despite the fact he's not even used that much in the game, I always go to him. And I think the voice over for him is just so incredibly well done and well written that yeah, I can never really look past him. So I settled on him and Andrew Ryan from Bioshock because I think those two kind of stand out as being massive ones for me. Great choices. Great choices. Uh, Troy Baker as Pagan Min is also a great one from the Far Cry series. Yeah, he's really good in that. So he's, and he's really British and terrifying in that. He is, yeah. He <laughs> plays that role so well. Like, he rocks the whole kind of... It's like the blonde parting and, like, pink suit mm. and, like, looks yeah. very friendly and then stabs things in the neck with no remorse whatsoever. It's good. You should know that to get that role, he um, he threatened the assistant of the of the casting director. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did it with Pagan the Bin's accent, basically right in the same room and like pushed her up against the wall and stuff. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. A story you told me when I uh, when I met up with him in London. Thanks for that again. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Um, Kat, your favorite VO performance? Um, so I assumed that you meant performances and like moment in a game um and so I have I have that and also I'm going to do a Toby and mention a couple of others <laughs> um because I think that you know as an actor as well like I really listen to voice acting and I try to like pick out what makes a good voice actor and what doesn't whatever I mean but people do that anyway when they play games but I think like I've got that like I just extraly appreciate like how hard it must be just to use your voice and how you know how difficult that is because you don't have your body language you don't have facial expression you know it's it's a skill it's a massive skill to be a voice actor um but my favorite performance is in the last of us when sarah dies because i have never felt for a character i don't know before <laughs> um mm. and that was you know that's that takes some some real skill and yeah sean's right toby baker completely um Toby Baker, lol. Troy Baker completely um, takes the pie on that one. You've got kind of bronze, uh, kind of silver and gold for, you know, uh, Ashley Birch, Nolan North, and Troy Baker. They're always going to be like the top three of gaming, aren't they? They're everywhere. You can always recognize their voices. Um, but a couple of, a couple of kind of, I guess, special recommendations slash, you know, just nice special mentions. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. Uh, Brian Deckart in, um, Detroit Become Human. And the oh, android sent by Cyberlife. So yeah. good. Yeah. Like the thing is as well, like just appreciating how difficult it sounds to not be human. And people are like, oh, that's that's computer. No, 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 that's him. Like he does it all the time on his streams. Like he'll do it in cameos for people. Like that is his voice. And yeah, he's really milking it, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah he really does milk that role. I mean, he's in loads of other stuff as well. Like he's even cyberpunk. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. He yeah, bless him. Um, and he's gorgeous. Um, I asked but... him for an interview once, and uh, he <gasps> said he, he said no because we weren't big enough. We got <gasps> Troy Baker and Roger Craig Smith, but not Connor from Detroit Become Human. Fuck off. You can get it, CEO, but you can't get an Android. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe that he seems so nice as well. Oh, yeah. Brian, I was going to tweet you and say I mentioned you on this thing as my favourite voice, but now I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because he does seem really lovely. I've seen a lot of his, his things. And he does podcast himself and he gives away blah blah. blah. Um, but yeah, um, also Tara Strong, and she is Harley Quinn. Yes. In, uh, yeah, and she's my Harley Quinn. So like when I watched. Um, 
when I watched like Suicide Squad, I was like, if if Margot Robbie does not sound like Tara Strong, it's out. I'm not bought into it. And mm. she does a really good job, to be fair. But you know, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill obviously doesn't deserve. It's a very it. different Harley Quinn, isn't it, Margot's? Yes, yeah, Margot's is a very unique, her own kind of take on it. And that's the thing with that character, just like Bond, isn't it? You know, you're, you're mm. going to have your own take on it. Um, but Tara Strong is is ultimate. Love that voice. Love the way she does Harley. That's you know, when I think of Harley, I think of her voice as Harley. Yeah. Um, I read a really interesting um, article uh, about. Camilla Luddington. So Camilla Luddington voices Lara Croft in the in the in the reboots. If you watch Grey's Anatomy, she plays Joe Wilson, and she talked about how traumatic it was to voice over Lara Croft because she consistent. And I, you never think about stuff like this. And it wasn't until I read it that I was like, crikey, that that's obviously in the same you know aspect of those other games. But um, she actually really spoke about you know that she's an actor you know by day and actually to to kind of record herself drowning. 30 times over is really harrowing and it's you know she said that she found it sometimes really hard to go home because she was like I've just all I've done for the last hour half an hour is scream from the top of my lungs and die 55 different ways because of course when you when you play a game now in the you know in 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 the 2000s it's not all the same voice note it's not all it's not just cut from the same clip they're all very unique they're all very individual depending on how you die and and she said that the drowning, the falling, the, the stabbing is all really harrowing um, to do because, of course, with Lara Croft, so iconic as well. You know, you've always got, you know, from the, from the original trilogy, it's like that, the drowning of like, rah, 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 and the, the scream off the cliff. And yeah, so those are my special mentions slash faves. It shouts. Thanks. It shouts. Thanks. Thanks. I wanted to deep dive because it's, you know, it's passion. Mm. Passion, Roscoe. Yeah. Passion. What? What's your favourite? Uh, I haven't got one. I've got a few, but I won't go, I won't, I won't go into all of them. I mean, it's very difficult to narrow it down. Um, I mean, Roger Gray Smith as Ezio is one of my all-time favourite performances. I think it's just outstanding. Um, Sissy Jones in Firewatch. Um, on the surface, may not be a performance that kind of catches the eye or the ear, but Delilah is such a wonderfully complex character and. The more you play Firewatch, the more you kind of understand that. But I think I think the gold has to go to Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part Two because it's just an extraordinary performance. I mean, I think The Last of Us is the standard. I think there, there's no there's no performance that isn't anything less than stellar in either of the games. Uh, but I think Laura Bailey's performance as Abby, her kind of broken, like just dangerous the fear of abby the fear and the, the the vulnerability of her i think laura bailey absolutely smashed it out of the park and it's not because of all the complete and utter bullshit she had to deal with once the game came out um it's purely because it's an extraordinary performance for a character that no one was supposed to like and by the end we all did and you know it's it's an unbelievable achievement i think and it's because of laura bailey's performance that i think we connected with Abby so strongly, even though on paper we shouldn't have at all. Um, there's absolutely no reason why we should have liked Abby, and yet we did. And that's, I think that's the power of voice acting. I think, you know, I've always been a big fan of the medium. I've always, I love chatting to voice actors. It's so fascinating to hear their stories. And I mean, I'd love to talk to Laura Bailey. I doubt she would ever come on our podcast, but it's, I'd love to chat to her about Abby. Uh, just sit down with her and just really kind of like break down everything that went into it. But 
yeah, her performance is, is just extraordinary. But like I said, there isn't a bad one in any of the Last of Us games, I don't think. I played, um, I played Near Replicant, which uh, this year, obviously, and she plays Kaine in that. Um, okay. Or voice acts Kaine. And I cannot tell you how different the characters are, but she's absolutely incredible as Kaine as well. Like, phenomenal. Like, the things that <laughs> Kaine's character has written to say are so vulgar and ridiculous and stupid, but mm. she does it with so much passion and, like, emotional intensity. It's absolutely amazing. And I think... You know, if you really like her as a voice actor, you should just look up like a couple of clips of like her most random things that she says in that game. Because obviously it's just quite a wacky game anyway. But some of her lines, she just delivers it. And any other voice actor, I'd have been like, that wouldn't have sounded in any way right. But somehow you've made it sound good. So yeah, yeah. she's super talented. And a quick shout out to Ashley Johnson as Gorty's, as the little robot in Tales from the Borderlands. Just the happiest video game character ever. Um, a million miles away from Ellie, and it's it's so it's so fun to listen to, and uh, definitely the highlight of the Tales from the Borderlands games. Absolutely, I'm forgetting his name, but what was the guy? Uh, sorry, Anthony Ingruber. I forgot. I've just remembered his name. Ah, uh, yes, um, from uh, Tales of Batman. Yes, Joker. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Amazing. I mean, that's very different Joker, but yeah, very good. Yeah. So just randomly remembered. <laughs> no, that's it. That's my one. There Sorry. There it is. We got there in the end. Um, yeah, I mean it's uh yeah, it's a fantastic performance, that one. And uh yeah, makes you want to play it again, actually, more than I think about it, because this performance is great. And uh, yeah, we very nearly got him on the pod, but uh we haven't worked it out yet. But we will one day, damn it, because uh yeah, he's uh, he's also awesome. There's so many. Just just appreciate voice actors, guys. Voice actors are the best. Uh, right then, let's uh, finish off with our recommendations. This is where we've seen something during the week that we think you should check out, whether it be a video game, a movie, a TV show, a comic book, or just anything like a phone or a bottle of Coke. I'm going to start with Miles. What was your recommendation for the week? Well, Ross, I actually owe you a thank you for mine because yeah, it, really? is, it is Golf Club Wasteland. Golf Club Wasteland. I read somewhere today that it's someone's game of the year. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm slightly surprised, but I'm also not because... I don't like golf. I am absolutely shockingly abysmal. I absolutely hate it as a sport. But I sat down and I played Golf Club Wasteland today. And it was one of the most blissful experiences that I've had in a while in the game. It's just (laughs) so like relaxing, but also there's quite a bit of challenge to it. But it's that kind of challenge where the whole game is set up to be so blissful and serene that even when you screw up a shot and you end up screwing up the level, you kind of just think it's okay. It's all right. And I don't have that with many games. I normally get very anxious very quickly. Um, but it's got a really nice aesthetic. Um, it's really bright. It's really colourful. There's kind of neon backdrop in the desolation. So you play on post-apocalyptic Earth and everyone's moved to Mars, but you come down to play golf because you're super rich and that's what they do. And there's quite a bit of satire. So there's a kind of a Mars network radio that you listen to throughout and it goes from really nice tunes to... It's kind of electro beats and what depending on the levels that you're playing and there's a lot of satire of what the world or what humanity will be like once only the super rich are left to exist um and it's just great like honestly i've had such a good time with it and it's quite short it's only it took me about an hour hour and a half to go through all the levels but there's a couple different uh things you can do in the campaign um and it's just brilliant and i just really didn't expect to like it but i absolutely do and it's going to get a very good score from me i think um, nice Probably not one of my game of the years, but it's not actually far off at all. And I've got to say, it blew me away a little bit because I just wasn't expecting to have such a good time with it. 
Interesting. So can I now not be Troy Baker bitch and just be a guy that hooks you up with great games? Yes, you can now be my official game <laughs> dealer. <laughs> I was awesome. so jealous when you got this one. So jealous. I've been looking yeah. forward to this for, for years. Oh, mate, honestly. I should, um, I should stress, uh, Sean, that I've bought it. So if you want to play it, just jump in. Of course in. I want to play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really should. It's great. And it's exactly, I think it's kind of one of your kind of games as well that you'll just have a really good time with. And yeah, it's just really well designed right. and it's got a bit more to its world than I expected it to as well. I, I put it mm. on so many different indie lists because the, the release date kept moving. And every time I just got more hyped for it. It was like, <laughs> it's a golf game set in the future that's basically like a riff on late capitalism. It is. Like, what's what's not to like? <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a really funny bit that got me. I'll tell you this, it's not too much of a spoiler because the radio just keeps going on and on. Um, but it's like where, because they all live on Mars, they all get free well-being sessions and it's mandatory for everybody. And they're like, oh, it's done confidentially and it's completely anonymized but you all have to wear your ID badges and you have to wear a sticker with your name on it when you enter the building. <laughs> and I just, I don't know why, but I just paused it because I was just laughing. I was like, it's so obvious and on the nose, but it's so well done. Um, and this is while you're just trying to, you know, get over a vat of acid with your golf ball so that you can pot it. Like it just, it makes no yeah. sense, but it just works so well. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to playing that one. Yeah, you'll love it. And I think it's only eight quid or something, isn't it? So it's, mm. it's not very expensive at all. It's well worth the price. Cracking. Yeah, I mean, Sean and I uh, game share, so jump in, John. Go get it. Um, oh, sorry, before I forget, uh, Greg did mention a favorite viewer performance. He said, uh, the entire first Resident Evil cast, solid gold cheese. There you go. Back in the days <laughs> when VO was a very different thing. <laughs> you were almost a chill sandwich. Oh, man. Who knows? Um, Sean, your recommendation for the week? It's uh, Shang-Chi, the movie. Oh, no spoilers. Did you be spoiling? I, I, won't be, I won't be spoiling anything. I just want to say that, like, I understand why people may not want to go and see this m- movie because it's just yet another Marvel movie. And for some sections of this movie, it does feel like a Marvel movie. But for 95% of the movie, you could not have told me that this was in any relation to any other Marvel movie because it is so fucking different. And... It's an absolute breath of fresh air. And I hope that people go out and see it because A, it deserves um, all the plaudits because it is fucking gorgeous as a movie. Genuinely, my wife hates 3D. It makes it ill. We walked out of a 2D screening. She said, I want to see that in 3D. So that's how much. Yeah. Um, It's visually sublime, but also... It's so narratively complex that um, that it's it's not something you can really appreciate or just just on the surface. And um, one day I will want to sit down with everyone who's seen it, just chat about the characters and their motivations, etc. Because um, it's so so easy just like to see these characters on the surface, but then mm. their their actions portray other motivations, and it's it's really really cool. <laughs> awesome. And uh, I can't yeah. wait. Go and see it. God damn it. I know I don't need to, like, 88 million people have already gone and seen it because it's a fucking Marvel film. <laughs> but if you're the guy sitting there going, not another Marvel film, do yourself a favour. Either see it now at the cinema or just get it when it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray or digital or whatever, because it's worth mm. a watch. Yeah, it's it's the next episode in the Marvel TV series, so you got to see it. Is it? Well, you know, the Marvel films feel like a TV series that you can't miss an episode, otherwise you won't know what's going on. 
Well, that's true. But yeah. also, this one's just so good standalone. And how are the, uh, obviously don't say anything, but how are the post-credit scenes? Um, it, I mean, y- you could catch them on YouTube. <laughs> oh, I don't want to, I want to see them. All right, okay. Just, you, uh, stay for the first one, don't bother with the second one. Okay, <laughs> okay. I've seen the first one, then I can leave. Yes. Awesome. Love it. Uh, Kat, your recommendation for the week? It's not often that I will recommend an iOS game, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to recommend an you iOS recommend game. Mobile games? A mobile uh, game? What is oh this? God. But it is because it used to be an Xbox 360 game. Can, am I allowed that? Are we allowed? Are we allowing it? Yeah. Oh, all right. Then. All right, then. Um, so I don't know if you remember when we were like, I don't know, 13, 14, there was a game called Diner Dash out. <laughs> it was such a stupid game. Like you were a waitress and the tables had colours and then you've got to get the correct orders. It's, it's basically a cooking simulator. So you have to take their order, go get their food. It, it's just a strategy and a time um, kind of cooking simulator. Um, it came out on Xbox 360. I think it came out on DS. And I think it came out on, um, I want to say Game Boy, but it's probably just DS. Um, so yeah, and then it just moved its way to iOS and Android. And I like to do things just before I go to bed, like read um, like Reddit or read Twitter, whatever, just to kind of, I don't know, send me to sleep. And recently I just picked up that game just to kind of play it. And I'm really addicted to it uh, because it just reminds me of the Xbox game I used to love. It's a, it's a little bit different in terms of you're not serving, you are serving tables with colours, but there's more things added now that power ups and, you know, you get to decorate your restaurant as well, which you never used to watch do. But I just think it's nice that you can kind of, I guess it's, you know, a glorified switch isn't it and um, when you have it on your phone it's kind of like the, the, the smaller switch version of games that you used to love on gamecube or um snares or whatever it's just kind of that so that's my recommendation if you used to love diner dash which was around when you were probably about 15 if you're my age probably even younger actually probably 12 if you're my age which is nearly 30 um then you'll really like this because it's the same game but just on your handy phone that you can't get off of because it's 21st century yeah. Right. Well, there you go. There you go. Amazing. What's yours, Ross? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, forgive the um, slight self-indulgence, but um, I've, uh, I've... I was uh, going to do it as well, and I didn't want to be accused of... Oh, yeah, I'm doing it. it for you, don't worry. All right, then, okay, <laughs> you're doing it. I was going to do it, and then I was like, no. <laughs> Um, my recommendation for the week is um, an EP that I've put out on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Deezer. Uh, it's called Hereith, and it's uh, seven tracks, very chill, very kind of folky, acoustic stuff. And it's, uh, I don't know, I think it's okay, but, uh, you know, that's not for me to say. Uh, so if you would be so kind and go and check it out, that would be very, very nice, because I need to pay my rent. And any help towards that would be greatly appreciated. So yeah, um, I like making music, and um, yeah, I like putting it out there and seeing what people think. And so, if you like, if you like it, then uh, do let me know. That'd be lovely. Thank you very much. Could you not like slice in like a sample of your song here, because you can't copyright strike yourself? That's a very good point. Yeah. So Maybe here so. is a sample of Hereith. Is that how you pronounce it? Hereith. Hereith. There you go. Yeah. It's a here nice you sort of roll the R, but I can't do that because I'm not that smart. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's my recommendation for the week. Me! God, what a wanker. 
Uh, right then, <laughs> let's finish off <laughs> with out this week with Sean Davies. Oh shit, it's me. Okay, this. <laughs> I suppose you better get the, the website. I don't know. That's all right. Did- um, why are you doing that? Actually, um, there was some breaking news uh, while we were chatting. Uh, George Maul, the guy who was the engineer behind uh, Kratos' Leviathan axe in God of War, um, has passed away this weekend. And um, the news just broke. And Santa Monica Studios says, like many others throughout his 20-year career in game development, I sat next or near George every day for over five years. I've worked with him through thick and thin and have been hit hard by the shocking news. He left Santa Monica many months ago, but his jovial and very English voice and spirit had filled the studio since his joining in late 2013. During his time with us, he won the hearts of the design team by sharing a passion for the new and pushing what was possible. At Santa Monica Studio, he worked on Kratos' weaponry, navigation, RPG systems, and a myriad of combat behaviors, improvements to the scripting system to empower designers, and so much more. He was a veteran of the team and played a huge role in closing out the game and squashing bugs. There's much more I can say, as I'm sure is the case with many other people he's worked with. I'd welcome others to share in the comments. Games are made by people, and we all lost a great one on Thursday. We'll miss you, big guy. That's from Santa Monica Studio. Such a nice dedication. Yeah. Yeah. What a uh, prince he's left in the industry with that thing, I tell you. I was just saying, like, literally, you know, he, he nailed the Leviathan axe, the Thor's hammer in... In Avengers, uh, yeah. In Avengers, same guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Fair play to the guy. He's left an imprint on the industry. Absolutely. Like you say. Yeah. That's a legacy. Well done. Indeed. Are you going to ask me to list games after this? I... <laughs> Well, yeah sorry dude uh yeah so. you're, you're the guy that says segue and you let me up with this what a layup thanks buddy yeah uh yeah i was yeah maybe a little bit of silence there but uh yeah out this week with sean davies so september 7th if you're listening to this the day that goes goes up uh we have dream cycle on pc sonic colors uh ultimate on switch pc xbox and uh just don't get it yet um <laughs> September 7th also sees the release of Fist or F-I-S-T Forged in Shadow Torch, which is Toby's jam. Unfortunately, I'm going to review for it, but uh, it's coming out on the PS5 and PS4 and PC. Also on September 7th, Vasca- uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, the uh, kind of shooter based in the Vampire Masquerade universe. Looks very cool. On September 7th, Crown Trick finally hits consoles. It's coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. And so does Buzz Simulator 21, which is coming out on PC, Xbox One, and other consoles. The Buzz Simulator games are crazy good. Uh, Paul said so. Paul did a review and gave it like 8 out of 10, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So uh, September 8th, a game called Struggling is coming out on consoles, which is a very cool kind of horror meets comedy game. It's uh, you, can basically, you can play it as a single player, but basically you have to control a pair of limbs to do actions in this uh, very artistically weird world. And uh, it's been out on PC for a while, but it's hitting consoles on the 8th. September 9th, we've got Toy Soldiers HD hitting consoles um, for reasons unknown. <laughs> September 9th also sees Hindsight 2020, Wrath of the Rakash, which is, uh, we will have a review up on the website beforehand. It's a cool narrative adventure game. Uh, also on the 9th, Blood Rain Betrayal, Fresh Bites. I'll be hitting PC and PlayStation 5. That doesn't look like the other Blood Rain Day games, but, you know, could be cool. Um, September 9th also sees The Artful Escape, uh, which is hitting PC and Xbox. Ooh. And September 9th also sees Ultra Age hit PS4, Switch, and other consoles. All right. Um, is, that, is that it for this week? No, oh my God, it keeps going. September 10th, 
Life is Strange, True Colors um, hits everything. Uh, and mm-hmm. also on September 10th, uh, NBA 2K22, uh, Tales of Arise, Lost in Random, A Day Without Me, WarioWare, Get It Together, The Rewinder, and that is it for that week. Damn. That is a day. That is a day, in it? That's a cat day right there. I hope you're doing nothing else but play video games that day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like, I, I'm just, it's such a great day, September 10th. It's going to yeah, be right. great. It's going to be a good time. Um, it's Friday, isn't it? That's Friday. Friday She's night, crazy. I'm going to be like yeah. matchsticks in my eyes, coffee flask at the ready, like <laughs> dressing gown with stains all over. And I'm going to be there. I'm just going to be. Because oh, you're right. like you're NBA fine. 2K22, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm bus simulator. That's yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not Life is Strange at all. No. Uh, no. Shut that game. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. Um, Sean, are you going to be in the Fortnite event on Sunday night? Is this the change of seasons? Yes. Maybe. Big season ender. Oh, man. You just don't want to, like, my life right now is like so chaotic that I might be in and not even noticed in a minute. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even, like, just things are flying around me all the time. <laughs> Genuinely, like, this podcast has been like, I've been sitting here trying to talk calmly while fending things off. I've had a kid come in with a bloated face because he's like being licked by a cat and he's suddenly allergic. God damn. Anyway, yes, I might be there. Anyway, yeah, 9 p.m. Thursday, the Fortnite uh, season-ending event. We're going to take down the aliens, finally. Damn it. God, I'm excited. What about Jonesy? Is Jones- which, which side Jonesy on now? I don't know. No one, knows, no one knows where he is. He's AWOL. I'm assuming he's going to uh, pop up well, again in the uh, uh, season-ender. But... I've, got, I've got theories. Interesting. See, Toby, there is theories. story in Fortnite. <laughs> All I'm about it. that law. Well, every six yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, very exciting. Can't wait. Uh, Sloan is going to throw some shit. It's going to be very exciting. Something to do with Corny Complex. I don't know what's happening, but uh, Corny Complex is currently in the middle of being abducted. It's not on. It's not on the island. It's getting sucked up into the alien ship. So very exciting. I'm the only one who gets excited about shit like this, but I'm super hyped for this. This, this yeah, but, Ross, you spent half your life on that island, man. It's true. <laughs> it's true. You've got to be like excited a, about it. It's Have like a second home. Excited? It's like yeah. a second home to me at this point. Yeah. Season eight, though, coming up. This this chapter's nearly finished. A few months left, and it'll be chapter three, which what apparently has got a single player coming. There's an MMO going to be added in season in, in chapter three, apparently. Bullshit. We'll see where you play as Agent Jonesy. It's all rumors, but we'll see. Son of a bitch, I'm in. Yes, damn right you are. <laughs> right, that does bring an end to this week's uh, very lengthy podcast. Good grief. But thank you very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. If you want to, go to the link tree in the description below to find us all the places. And if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can do just follow our handles in the description below. If you really like what we do, why not follow us on Patreon for $1 a month? You can keep this podcast live on its various podcast listening services and keep the website nice and shiny. But we'll be back on Thursday night for a reaction to the PlayStation Showcase. We are very, very excited. And until then, it is goodbye from Mars Morales. See you later. Goodbye from Cara Croft. Goodbye to everybody but Brian Dakhard for refusing us. <laughs> yeah, Connor. <laughs> I'm the android sent by Cyberlife and I'm sending you back, bitch. Yeah. What TTFN, now? TTFN, bitch. Fucking android. Yeah. yeah. And um, <clears throat> Sean Davies. Bye. <laughs> 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 until next time, I have been Roscoe Zero Dawn. 
We'll see you on Thursday for the PlayStation Showcase. Bye!